about ready to call. But I'm, I'm going to see how they do. Because it was loud, duh. And then something mm-hmm. happened, like, right before I called. And it just, everybody just got kind of quiet. So I don't know if somebody said, hey, turn it down. X, Y, and Z. But for okay. the most part, people have been respectful. So that's the okay, good part. Okay, that's good. So who knows? Let's see how it goes. Anyway, dang, I don't even know what episode this is. That's that's bad. I got to stop doing that. 60 66? 65? 67. You sure? Yeah, I just looked at the... You 100% the sure? 100% sure. All right. Okay, you're right. We see 67. All right. So, uh, yeah. We're back, guys. Sorry for... Uh, yeah, <laughs> again. Every, <laughs> the past few episodes, I had to start this way. Sorry for another uh, another pause or lapse in podcast guys but we are here we are back we're ready to roll um let's see what we got um i am your host a1 and i just want you guys to know kendrick is coming kendrick is coming kung fu kenny uh all of that all of the above the goat He's coming, so y'all better be ready. Jason's coming. The Boogeyman's coming Friday the 13th. So next, what is it, next week? Yeah, next week. He's coming. We ain't ain't starting the show there, but I just want to let y'all know. (laughs) And this is episode 67, just in case y'all didn't know, for the internet. Um, Let me untangle this here. I'll go untangle up and stuff. All right, so we should be good. But um, but yeah, let's see what we're going to start. I guess... Ooh, I almost jacked up the whole thing. Where the mouse at? Good thing. Let's see. All right, I think we're good. Man, this feels weird. All right, here we go. Can you hear me good? Yeah. Can y'all hear me out the internets? <laughs> All right, let's see. I guess we can start with. We have. By the time y'all hear this, it'll be old, but we gotta we we gotta touch on it because there, there there is some things we need to touch on about that. But uh, we'll start with Chris Rock and Will Smith. And did you want to introduce yourself? Um, I'm Jen Walters, and I just want you all to know: not your uterus, not your decision. Mind your business. That is a good one. Maybe maybe we can touch on that too. Maybe we can oh, touch yeah, sure. on that. Um. What's that? Oh, here we go. So yeah, um, so everyone, uh, it's been a little while. Everybody had a time to ha- has had some time to digest the whole Chris Rock Will Smith thing, and there were some po- um, some points that I wanted to bring out. Like I wanted to speak on them when it happened, but I, f- I felt like it might be better to just wait and see how things played out and see what you know, see what. Because at first I thought it was fake, but. Now, now that time has passed, like I can actually speak on some of the things that I want to speak on, and I do want to just say that. Well, let me ask you first. How how, how did you take it? Like, what did you think? Well, first, like you, I thought it was fake when you sent me the link. I was like, "What is going on?" Like, there, this has to be. They had to have planned this, and then you know, as everything continued, you were like, "Oh my gosh, this is real." Um, I think that. It could have been handled better. I don't agree with what Will did. But the Academy's outrage over what Will did, like, Harvey Weinstein still has his Oscars, guys. So as long as that remains fact, you all 
you all shouldn't be snatching Oscars from anyone. I don't care what they're doing. So I don't agree with that, but I really think that Will could have handled it differently and should have handled it differently. I agree. Did, did they actually take his Oscar? I don't I, I got to the point where I stopped following it. Like I couldn't, I was just like, this is too much. But so I don't know for sure. But for there to have been any type of talk about taking it, talk of suspending him from the Academy and all of that, where Harvey Weinstein still has all of his accolades and what's the other one? Woody Allen? Nope. I don't want to hear it. Woody Allen from uh, Home Improvement? Wait, is it Woody Allen? Oh, that's Tim Allen. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you don't, don't be <laughs> don't out there putting that stuff on these people. Yeah, yeah, I need not to do that. You're right. He like slept with his underage stepdaughter. Or something. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name though. It definitely is Woody Allen. Um, what he did. Was accused by his adoptive daughter, then age seven, of having sexually molested her in the home of her adoptive mother, Mia Farrow. So yeah, it's definitely Woody Allen. That is. But yeah, as long as you all allow these people to maintain their accolades, I don't want to hear anything about the academies not for abuse and other things. And I mean, other people talked about. I saw people talk about, uh, you know, like when people are accepting their awards and they automatically, if it's a woman who is presenting, they kiss the woman, but the woman doesn't want to be kissed. And I'm like, all of that's good points. Like, you all allow a lot of egregious shit to happen on your watch, or you all support people who have done terrible things. Don't, don't decide to bring the hammer down on Will Smith. Yeah. And, I, you know, like, I, I do think they were just kind of going after him for the wrong reason. I think they were just kind of – I think, honestly, I don't think they're going to do anything. I think it's all to get more uh, publicity around their show, you know. So the more they can keep people looking at it, because, like, almost a month later, people were still, you know, like, posting about it. Well, this is this. They, they finally broke, you know, all of this stuff. Like, it was weird. But I did want to say that when I first saw it, I did think it was fake. But I think, like me as somebody who likes comedy and who used to want to be a comedian, I don't think that if you're a comedian, you can't take life too serious. I don't think you should be able to get up there on the stage and do that to somebody. And I don't think what Chris Rock said was, you know, like egregious or anything. Like, I, it was, you know, maybe, maybe it was a little bit distasteful. You know, but intent matters. Like if he was, if he knew about her alopecia, then yeah. But even even then, it's still a joke. But you don't know how it affects people. And I know like a couple of people at work that were talking about it. They were saying that, oh well, he that's right. He should have smacked him or whatever. Like I would have to defend, you know, my loved one too. But but can you take a joke? Like, uh, but I also don't think that if it did not happen, I will say what I want to say. Um, I think that that wasn't about Chris Rock. I think that was about all of the years that Will Smith had to endure everything that Jada has put him through. And I think it just kind of finally came to a head on Chris. 
and on, on on national TV. That's that's the first thing I wanted to say on that. That's the first thing I thought like that wasn't even about Chris. That was more about like everything that you know that Jada done kind of like subjected him to the entire time. Then, then as more as you know, more days went on. You know, like you would hear stuff about how Will was bullied, how Chris was bullied, and like when he got slapped, it immediately took him back to when everybody was bullying him, and like that that show everybody hates Chris. That's most of that's probably really true about him. That's about his life growing up. So I can see how it you know probably would have made him feel away. But they all I also learned that he has this uh, it's not Asperger's, but where he can't understand like people's facial expressions or like you know like the moment like he can't read body language or something like this so he really didn't know what to do when he got slapped you know he didn't really know you know like how to how to take that and it was just really weird just learning because it's like two people who've been like victims of bullying have now you know like well will has turned into a bully in, in a sense but i also think that will just need some help i think that will needs probably some counseling or some therapy because i think he's under stress like out of everything that's been going like the whole August I've seen a thing, like he's had to wear that humility, you know, for like years now. How long has it been? Two years, three years? Uh, I think maybe three, because that was before Corona, right? I want to say so. Because I remember I was supposed to talk about it on the show, but I never did. It might have been like right before it happened. So yeah, that was probably like 2019. Yeah, so he's had to like live with that, and like ever since then, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but like Will has been like on, you know, doing all these little bucket list things, skydiving, jumping off mountains, swimming in, you know, you know, doing all kind of crazy, like he's trying to end his life. But I think he's been doing it because he's trying to like find like an escape from everything that he's had to go through. And they had to sit there on a red table talk with her and discuss that. And you can see on his face that he didn't want to talk about that. But he did it because he wants to support her, I guess. But I think that's, to me, that's that's what my immediate reaction was. It was never about Chris. It was about all the people who've ever tweeted something. Instagram, Facebook, said anything. It all came to a head on, on Chris. I mean, uh, I can see where you're coming from with that. Um, and I honestly, I want Will and Jada to get professional help that has nothing to do with the general public. We don't want to know about you all's lives anymore. It's fine. Please unsubscribe me. I would like to opt out of these notifications. Like, I don't, you all can live your life and you all don't have to tell us about it. It doesn't have to be on red table talk, I promise you. So if he is going through these things, I want him to get, professional help. I want him to feel empowered to get professional help because I know that a lot of people will say, you know, it's Will Smith. He has all the money in the world to get all the help, but you know, there's still, mm-hmm. it's not just about money. It's about people's attitudes around, you know, seeking mental help for your mental health and things of that nature and, and seeking help for something as public and, you know, embarrassing as things that he's gone through. But I do want him to do that. Um, I can see what you mean that it really may not. It really might not have been directed at Chris. It could have just been everything bubbling up inside. And I go back and forth about, you know, is there limits for comedy? 
Mm-hmm. And I understand the whole, you know, all because it doesn't offend you doesn't mean it's offensive. I get it. But I don't know. I just, I go between there has to be some level of degree where you can laugh at yourself and you can't take everything seriously. And then also, because it's like, it's one thing if you make a joke about like a community of people, a group of people, but he did single one person out. So you know, maybe if he if he made a joke about just people with alopecia in general, then then you can have the people who are like, well, it didn't offend me and I have alopecia and you can fall back on that. But when you're making a joke about one singular person who is present, like you really don't know how it affects her. And it can be embarrassing that she just made this joke about her in front of all these people and it's on live national television so it is i do find it i find it hard to to find the line between excuse me between you know what what can you say about other people in jest and what do you just have to leave out of it and then you have people who are like oh well what what comedy would there be if you can't joke about people. You can't tell those jokes. And I feel like whenever I see people say those things like that, someone always comes back with like a, they come back with some type of example of someone making a joke that has nothing to do with making fun of any, well, making fun of any particular person or group of people. And I'm like, while that's a thing, I feel like there's a niche for everything. Like everyone can't make jokes about, Popeyes versus Zaxby's versus Chick-fil-A. Like, that can't be all of what comedy is. Someone has to make jokes about going to white people church versus going to black people church. Like, someone just has to do it. But it it gets, it can, clearly, it can get very dangerous and people can get very testy about it. And I'm not saying that Will is wrong to want to defend his wife to feel some type of way about it. I mean, if someone upsets your partner, I completely understand wanting to defend them. But I just feel like there were, uh, there could have been, should have been other ways that that could have been handled. Most definitely. I definitely don't think. And, then, and even when, even if you look at the side, it don't look like it was like a full contact. It looked like he probably hit him with the tip of his hand, like the part that bends before you get to the palm. You know, like I don't think he. That's what that's what made me think it was fake, cause it, it, cause you know he didn't even like really do anything to Chris. But I do, I, I, so I didn't really think that it was that type of thing. But I definitely think that violence wasn't the way to go right there. Like he could have said some, put him to the side. They both could have said something, to put him to the side. And you know, and like I know, I know somebody made a point to me was that you don't know how that makes his wife feel at night. You know, like you know, does she cry at night or whatever? But like, and I get that, but like I also think that you can't take life too serious. You can't take yourself too serious. You know what I'm saying? Like you always got to leave room to laugh at yourself. Then like you know, that's part of life. You know, like you gotta like when I mess up or I do something, like I, I, you know. Like, I don't let that, like, get me down. Like, if somebody cracked a joke at me about an embarrassing moment of mine, you know, there are some things that I feel like maybe, you know, some gray areas or some sensitive areas, but, like, I would think that if you know that it bothers me, that you wouldn't do it. And that's why I feel like Chris's intent, you know, wasn't to do. And, you know, like, and his joke was said, you know, uh, Jada, see you in G.I. Jane, too. 
you know like that could have been a thing for her to embrace and empower herself to do but i think it just all depends on how someone takes it like even though that may not have been you know that particular person's intention so sometimes i think that's a thing too that we we often overlook but i do think that comedians should be able to have a little bit of leeway to talk about things that people usually don't talk about like it should be like a relief you know like a place where you can go and talk about these things without having to you know it's like it's like social commentary in in a sense it's like barbershop talk like you know a few things are safe in like a hair salon barbershop type thing i think comedy should have that space too but i also think as somebody who you know is a kind of a comedian you should you you know you should be able to understand and take a joke too And that's just kind of I awesome. agree, but you know, people the comparison is automatically going to be drawn. This isn't a barbershop. This is a national stage, and I think that's what most people will go to. This isn't something that you're saying in the confines of your own home, or you know, amongst thirty other people. This is, you know, this is mm-hmm. in front of millions of people. And I mean, looking at it and her, you know, embracing it, and I, I can see that. But it, that's the thing with intent. Like intent doesn't always land, and that's what sucks. Like sometimes people do have good intent or they don't have ill intent. And then people were like, "She's in bad like alopecia," and it's like it was it was something that wasn't at the forefront of my mind. And then when some when people brought it back up, I was like, "Oh yeah, she has said that before." But it's not like know. as soon as it's not like as soon as I heard it, I was like, but she has, you know, I was immediately able to recall that she had alopecia and that she had said that before. So again, like going back and forth, like did Chris know to, you know, to make this joke? What did he have ill intent or was he just trying to make a joke? It's just so much a gray area to where at the end of the day, I as we see them the majority of people are just going to be like you cross the line yeah i think like people have this thing to defend you know their significant others i think that's just something that's kind of people just go up in arms about but i, I also looked at it this way too because if you look at it first he laughed and then i don't know if she said somewhere he saw her then that's when everything changed but i also feel like he laughed because like now finally everyone's laughing at you the way they've been laughing at me you know, like I also got that from it. I don't know if everybody else got that, but maybe they did. <laughs> maybe they did. But and you're right, the intent may not always come across though. But you know, it's just a sticky situation, I guess. But all right, one more thing I did want to say, like I don't know if that's like a Chris Rock joke. What if that's a joke? So you know, most comedians or most times people have shows like that. Somebody writes those jokes for them. You know, but I can see True. Chris being a legendary comedian. Like maybe he just kind of winged it, or maybe he wrote his own jokes. But I can definitely see somebody writing some jokes for people. Like Richard Pryor had people write jokes for him. Everybody had people writing jokes. Yeah, but think if someone wrote that joke for him, like what does it matter? Is Chris supposed to be like, oh, I didn't even write that joke? Such and such did, and then you throw this man under the bus and blow his life up because you don't want to take accountability because you didn't. You know, you couldn't possibly discern, well, this might be in bad taste. Let me not do it. So even if someone did write the joke for him, I don't think that that would do anything. It would, if he, if someone wrote the joke for him and if he said something about it, that would then just blow the other person's life up. 
And people would still be, they'd be doubly upset at Chris for exposing him. Like, what was the situation with the, was it the Drake ghostwriter who got exposed and then he mm. got blacklisted? It'd be, it'd be just like that. It wouldn't even be worth it. He would just be pouring fuel on the fire if someone wrote the joke and he admitted it. That's pretty crazy. True. And I, I did think about that. He, he probably, you know, wouldn't want to out somebody. I like maybe he just, I think he handled it with grace though. Like he didn't want to press charges. He didn't want to like retaliate or anything. So I do give him credit for that. But you know, it's it's it, it's just tricky, man. Because like I do know, far as me, like there's some jokes I would not want to say. Like like I don't know. Like I don't think there's anything you told me that 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 that, that that's kind of a sensitive subject to you. But I wouldn't make a joke about it because of our relationship. If that makes any sense. Um, yeah. But that's just me. But you know, and but that's because I know. But I wouldn't, you know, if I did not know. Like, not, this goes back. And I guess this is about to open up a story, the story time. Because I don't know. If I might have told. You, I might have said this on the show before. But it it reminds me of something where I said something and I had to take it back because. But and I did not know. But there was a there was a friend of mine. Um, I had made this comment about. Let me let me let me let me press my card because I don't want people trying to go kill me for it. <laughs> but I made this I made this comment when I was like twenty twenty one. But it's just me thinking as a science person and just as somebody who is just trying to find exploring all options to a problem to a solution to a problem. So for mm-hmm. me, we had this conversation about because it was something going on. I was just like, man, we were talking about like AIDS and HIV, and I was just like, I was like, man, like. I was like, I don't know what we can do about it. I don't know how we get on that conversation, but I do remember what I said and like how it affected that person because I did not know. But um, I was like, man, I was like, I don't know what we could do. Like, man, I was like, if they really want to like stop something, the same thing I said about like COVID, the only way you can get stop stop, stop letting people get exposed to it, um, you know, try to contain it. Like, if we would have stayed in lockdown, maybe we could have beat this a long time ago. So I was thinking along those lines. I've always thought like that. I was saying like what if what if we just like kind of just rounded up all these people and I want to say I said like burn them up or something like that or like move them to some place like where they can be just them and then he was like why would you say that and I was like I was like I don't know I guess just because like if you can round up people that, that have it maybe you can stop the spread because of how it spreads you know like maybe if you can kind of like make their own community or something like or just totally eliminate that thing you know, like maybe, you know, it'll go away. But that's me thinking at twenty twenty one. You know, and then like turns out that the person I was talking to actually had, you know, that. And so I immediately yeah. felt bad because I did not know. And I wasn't like being mean or malice with it, but I was just kinda exploring options like like what could we really do to eradicate something? And to eradicate something like we've we've killed off the dodo. We've killed off uh and other invasive species of animals to America or, or certain parts You know I'm just kind of thinking like that And like I wasn't really trying to But like like that wasn't my intent But that's not how he took it And that just, that, that's what it took me back to When um when he said what he said And what you just said too And I was thinking about that last night I was like dang I, ain't, I, ain't, I still I think about that often Like dang I can't believe I said that Like I You know Like I can Because it's, it sounds like something I probably would have thought of But you know, like just just trying to think of all the possible outcomes because I don't think it's gonna stop. Does that make any sense? 
Yeah. But we end up having a good conversation, and then he kind of told me like how he got it, how long he had, and I was like, I would have never known, never known, you know, whatever. But you know, and to think that like, what if that did happen? He would be, you know, a good friend of mine being rounded up and put someplace, like the middle of nowhere, like let's say Borneo or something like that. Like that's kind of crazy. Yeah. So I don't know, but I, but like I said, that wasn't my intent. But I can understand how that can come across to somebody. Like when intent does not always uh, land. Yeah, and it's like, but again, he questioned why you said what you said. He said that you were able to have a good conversation about it, and I think that I think that's what's needed if it's supposed to. I think it's needed when, you know, like among friends, he didn't, you didn't know that you didn't know his status. And then instead of like calling off and hitting you, you all had a conversation about it. And, you know, I think that you saying that you still think about it to this day over 10 years later, like it, you have true remorse over it and you know that what you said was wrong. And so in situations like that, I'm, that's when I'm just like, you know, you can handle this peacefully. And so with, you know, I don't know the relationship between Will Smith and Chris Rock, but I, I didn't think it was a bad one. I didn't think that it'd be something where you would haul off and hit him if he did something to offend you or his wife. Um, so that's just another part where I was just like, I, I would have expected, I would hope that it would have been handled differently. Now, if he was... If if he's disrespected your wife before and you all have been through this song and dance before, oh yeah, slap him. At that point, I wouldn't care. But you know, uh, if I'm coming from a place thinking that this is not a long-standing problem of insensitivity that Chris Rock has with Will Smith, I do think that um, people should be afforded grace in certain situations, and I think that this was this was one of them. Obviously, Will Smith does not agree. Um, but again, the backlash that he's gotten from it, I'm pretty much over it. So I did Google. He's, I don't know if he has to give his Oscar back, but he is definitely banned for 10 years from attending any Academy events. Yeah, I did see that. I don't think they're going to make him give it back, especially when you can make the Harvey want. You hear that? No. It was like, choo, 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 choo. maybe, maybe it was just Mike. Feeding into something else, but I don't think they're gonna make him give it back because, um, like when you when you say like Harvey Weinstein still has all his awards and stuff like that, so I definitely don't think they're gonna make him give it back because then that just says that you can rape and molest people and still be a winner and slap people and be a loser, you know? You know? Right. I think that's the message they were saying, but I do still feel remorse about that, like just because I, you know, like. You know, just being young and dumb and just just really trying to figure out a solution to to a problem, I guess. Like, you know, I don't know. It's just weird, though. But I was thinking about that last night. And I think it's because I saw something on TV about, about AIDS and HIV and, like, how many people have it in in certain places. And then it, mm-hmm. like, but like I said, I always think about it. I always think about it. But he wasn't mad. He was just like, he was just like, hey, one, why would you say that? And he was like, he was like, what, what do you mean by that? Like, why you say that? I was like, and I was like, well, just because, like, if you know, if if you got a problem with a mouse, you would probably try to kill all the mice, so it wouldn't keep having mice babies, for, you know, therefore further on the problem, you know, whatever. And then, you know, 
He was like, well, how would you feel if it was somebody you cared about? And I was like, I was like, I don't know, but I think, I think for the betterment of society, like we kind of like had a, you know, an intelligent conversation about it. You know, he was like, how would you feel if I told you that I was one of those people? And I just kind of, I was like, I was like, like, what you trying to tell me? And he was like, well, you know, and he went on into detail and he was like, it's just between me and you don't, you know, don't put it out there or whatever. But I never have told anybody. This is my first time actually speaking about this. But it was just something that uh, I just thought about. And, we, you know, we had a good conversation. He wasn't mad about it, but I think he was just kind of shocked that I would say that because I don't, you know, I don't really, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You know, because I'm, I'm not really trying to, like, I'm not a person that, like, can, you know, I ain't going to say I don't condone violence because I think there's a time and place for it for sure. But, you know, like, just something like that. Cause you know some people like I always I always be able to believe that hey if I'm on a ventilator don't bring me back, and so that's that's you know uh, that helps you put you try to put people in a mind, frame of mind that I'm in when it comes to stuff like that, you know. So being new man, but yeah. Well, so. I'm glad that he was like shocked that you would say something like that that he doesn't think that you're that type of person, which is, I mean, and again I think that that's part of it. He so then from there he he doesn't think that you that indicated to him probably that you weren't saying it with malicious intent and you were probably just trying to think like analytically or with a science mind like how do you contain something from spreading you you or how do you stop something from spreading you have to contain it or so i think that yeah so i think that he 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 understood you to know that like you weren't coming from a place of maliciousness or just being mean or like thinking that there's something not okay or innately wrong with people affected by that. And so I do think that that's a good thing that he, you know, he, he took that into consideration when having that conversation with you. He did. And and he was, he was a little older than me too. So he was at least 10 years older than me. So I think he was, you know, prepared to, to handle things in a different way than, you know, somebody my age might have took it. But okay. I think I think that's all I have for like the wheel thing. But I do think that him him and uh, Jada probably should sit down and get you know talk to somebody because I think I think Will is stressed. He hasn't missed. He doesn't look happy. He don't look like himself, and that's what made me you know come to that. I'm glad that I had time to kind of sit here and just think about it. You know, before I just kind of jump ran out there because everybody was running to jump and have uh you know have an opinion to say you know on there, you know pontificating and stuff like that. But you know, I, I wanted to take some time to to let it let it simmer and digest for it because it's it's a lot like to handle as a man, you know. We're not gonna skip past you using your SAT word pontificate. Oh yeah, <laughs> pontificate <laughs> for five hundred, please. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's what I think you know. That's what we're doing. You know, that's just what it is. But anyway, I do want to revisit episode. What was it? Four. And where my where my list at? Oh yeah, this the one. I do want to revisit episode three of Insecure because mm-hmm. I did go back and I did read the message that you told me to read about mm-hmm. Lawrence and stuff like that does change the way I look at things but I still feel like you gotta give him a little bit of credit just because he's actually trying and like like we still don't like I still don't know how much 
you know, like freedom or leeway he's getting to, you know, to be active. But I did go back and read it and I did go back and look at it and just kind of, you know, just looked at it with, with different eyes. And there are some things that that I agree with you on. Um, I, I do still feel like um, you got to compare yourself to something, though. I do feel like you, you got to compare yourself to something like compare yourself to yourself. Are you warrants doing the most that you can? Don't worry about Ray Ray and Junebug and what they doing. Yeah. And that is something that you can do. And I think going forward, he could, you know, and maybe like him, you know, flying home, like you said, or flying there, like you said, uh, will help. Um, but I do see that he actually like you know took the chance to build the bed you know like because he he was preparing like I think he was just doing it at a different rate than than she was, but I do think she was being overdramatic a little bit and um and that she could have just chilled out a bit and I like I said I've, I've I've gone through that so I know how he feels and that's kind of why I'm like looking at it the way I'm looking at it because I know how it feels to have somebody like dictate everything and you really don't have a say. Mhm. So. You know, so yeah, I did go back, and I think it was one more thing I wanted to to revisit from that. I think that might have been it, cause I know the big thing was the text messages that had popped up on there. Okay. But I did see where he, you know, he did not, you know, uh, where he did not respond to one thing. I actually thought that was her. I think that's. I don't know why. Either I didn't see that, or I thought it was uh. Was something else, but I did. Come on, you don't know how to read iPhone text messages. That's real behavior. (laughs) I don't know. I thought they had showed like a cut scene, or I don't know what I thought they was doing. Like they showed one thing, they cut to another scene. I don't know what I was thinking when I saw that. But I might, I might not have actually been looking at the screen at all. I might have looked away, but I did see that. Okay. So so yeah, but she she could have said something too then at that time too but I also think he probably should have replied but I still think that if I was in his shoes I still would go because I wouldn't want to miss the opportunity just because you're not comfortable so I still would have went and probably probably would have played it how he played it and I probably would just I just think they just needed to have a conversation before they got to that point though they need to have plenty of conversations wait what do you mean he still would have went when he was like oh I think I want to take him for a weekend and she was like can we talk yeah, and he's at my plane lands at whatever he said, maybe eight, something like that. But I mean, you're saying he still would have played it like he played it, as if we all know that she wanted to talk and tell him no. Like I don't think she wanted to talk. I don't think that it was to tell him no. I think it was to discuss the logistics of it because even when he got there, she talked about having a specific car seat and stuff like that. And so I feel like she probably just wanted to talk about those things. I don't think that she wanted to call him just so she can tell him no over the phone. Mm, maybe. I, I do feel like she probably would have told him no. That, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. And that, I, that's because I'm looking at it the way I'm looking at it because I've been through it. But I like in that situation, I probably would have still came. I, we would have talked, but I still would have came even if she told me no. And be like, hey, you know, like I know you said this, but I'm right down the street, X, Y, and Z. Okay, I mean that's fine. I don't, I don't disagree with Lawrence for for going. I don't. You still could have just called her and had the conversation, and she would have told you no with the phone, and you could have been like, well, I'm still coming to see my son. Yeah. But 
Yeah. You still could have just, you still could have called her. And then again, that takes me back to when he was talking to Derek. And Derek was like, you know, me and Tiffany had our problem. He's like, you and Tiffany are married. And then I'm just like, it doesn't matter that he and Tiffany are married. You all have a child. You all have to be able to communicate with one another. Again, you're comparing yourself to someone's situation. And because you think that your situation is different, you don't you don't have to do certain things. No, all because you're not married doesn't mean that you don't have to get along with the mother of your child or at least know how to communicate effectively to her. Yeah. I I do I agree on that. He um they do need to learn how to communicate, but I I do appreciate him having Derek in his life. Everybody needs somebody like somebody in a moment like that to talk you off the ledge a little bit. Yeah, we need somebody like that and this and like i said i still i haven't made it to the part where i find out why Derek is looking at what's her name i can't think of her tiffany. name right tiffany like you that can- <laughs> I could not, i'm about to call her angela rye again i'm about to call her everything but um but yeah i, I think something's going on i haven't figured it out yet but i think i'm close i think i'm in a ballpark but um but yeah but i did want i did want to revisit and touch on that uh, and if it's something else that comes back up, I'll we will we'll touch them. I think that's what it was. Like I said, I, I missed that whole thing, and I was like, "Oh, okay, you're right, you're right. That did happen." But I do know, okay. like, if it were me, I probably would have tried to do more. And if and if I'm making the kind of money that Lawrence is, what I think he could be making, I just I probably just fly. I just fly whenever I got the chance. Because I always say that's something I want to do now. Like if I ever like become like a millionaire, I'm flying. Where, where I need to be Alright I'm flying <laughs> That's how I'm gonna do it Frontier in spirit That's how I'm getting I'm just flying <laughs> <laughs> And again Like he tried The flying thing But he was You know Clearly he was tired mm-hmm. And he couldn't make it The one time he tried for it So I'm just like You know It's It's 20 Well It's 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 the 21st century guy Like And you live in California It's a more liberal state so I really feel like there would be more options for him to do like paternity leave or to work full remote so he could, you know, maybe do a long-term Airbnb in mm-hmm. LA for the first couple months of his life because my executive leader at my job just had a baby and he's, he's on paternity leave. But it's yeah. like, is he is he asking for these things? And you were saying, you know, he might not know that these things are available to him. Ask not, have not. You have to dig deep. And that's where I'm just like, Lawrence, are you doing everything in your power? You know, And so I'm like, because I'm pretty sure Condola doesn't know everything about raising a child either. This is her first child, but she's figuring it out. And she has to ask questions. You have to be... You can't be afraid to ask questions for the sake of the the best life you can give your child. So, Lawrence, you have to start thinking outside the box. And that's what I think he's not doing because he's so caught up on, well, I'm not being a deadbeat. Yeah. Um, yeah, he definitely got to think outside the box. But I think that I was like, like we said on the other show, that that also starts with a... Uh, with having these like men having these types of conversations because like that's not something that I, I only talk about stuff like that with one person one person and i had a podcast where we kind of talked about one like you know we kind of touched on things from a guy's perspective but is he a parent as well uh yes but we okay, had these conversations before but i'm just a curious person so i'm gonna ask, i ask questions i always ask questions um 
questions. But yeah. But yeah. But I think that was it for episode three. Now we're gonna get into episode four. Episode four was cool. Like I I, I felt <laughs> differently after I watched it a couple of times. The first time I was just like, okay. I I have to say, uh I can't think of what her name is. What's the what's the girl name that, that work at the barbershop? Shoot, I can't either. Is it Shawnee? It's something with an R. I think it with an R. It's either S or R. I'm gonna have to look and see. But uh, I do think, like on the first, on first thing, you could tell Issa is a little, a little nervous, or whatever. Um, but I oh, but I, before we go back, oh, the girl that that Issa thinks that uh, Nathan is is dating now, I, I like she look a lot better at the beach than she did at the barbershop. She did. She looked I mean, a lot better at the beach. You know, people people always look different outside their work clothes. <laughs> it, most definitely. <laughs> she did. But I also think that uh, I could see why Issa would think something, but I've also been in a position where it's like two people that are attractive, people automatically think that they're, they got something going on. And, like, I get it. Risha, that's her name. Risha. He said, that's just okay. Risha. That's her name. Yeah, they kind of said it just like that. Yeah, Risha's just uh, that's just Risha. But you sound just like him. Yeah, I've been practicing getting getting my Nathan <laughs> on, man. He's you know like like man, you was my cousin though. That was you, man. I just want to show him that that I'm not I'm not that guy anymore. That's how he was talking to me. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go back and learn. I had learned the lines, but you know, but it was, was kind of crap. But but we gonna get to that part. But I did I did like that 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 they was hanging out at the beach, and you know you could tell something's going on. And obviously, uh, what's her name? Her name is not Tiffany. Kelly. Kelly. Kelly has something going on. Kelly was tripping me out. Just listen to the conversations <laughs> again. She's like, and then I ain't my mom. And then like, <laughs> I was just like, she tripping. She's like, I ain't all the food. Does that make me a bad daughter or something like that? I was just like, oh man, she was tripping. But it was it was a good episode to kind of, for them to kind of break the ice. But it also, um, because I had forgot about Nathan being manic. You know, I had forgot about him having like the. Uh, the, the mental health issues that he was having but that explains a lot like why he was disappearing and stuff like that and you know why things got a little weird for him but I also think that Isha and not Isha but Issa uh, was just overthinking a lot I think she was overthinking a lot this episode but I, I was happy to see that we got a little bit more closer to seeing what's going on with Kelly because I think something's going on with Kelly I just don't know what but I did I think I do think I know why they killed her um, but I think it's, I think that's like maybe a term that they were using for people who stopped drinking. What? Yeah, go back and listen. They was like, oh, they was like when when they kill everybody when they stop drinking or something like that. Like, oh, they were like, oh, they were like Kelly's Kelly Kelly stopped. She gave up drinking or whatever, something like that. But I think it was either a conversation they had in the car on the way to the new spot that they was going to. Jason okay. Derulo. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man. That was hilarious. But um but yeah, I think it was a cool episode though. I like it. It was it was a, it was a part of me felt like it was a bit of a filler episode. It and did. the other part was like it did. Shed some good light on stuff. Um, 
And then, especially with the mental health portion for Nathan. Um, But I do think that how Issa was acting, like, I mean, come on. If you started crying into a guy's mouth, (laughs) you've invited over to cuddle, you're going to overthink your next interaction with him because that's weird. Like, that, that's not a normal interaction. So, yeah, you're going to be a little concerned with um, what does this man think of me? Mm-hmm. And, like, are we cool? Because that, that's, a, that's a weird interaction to have. I probably would have just, hey, look, man, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to crown you like that. I probably would have just had to have a conversation like that. <laughs> I think it was funny that the dude ate the pizza out of the sand. <laughs> that was crazy. That was so nasty. Because sand gets like sand Everywhere. is such an invasive thing. Like it's it's all in the nooks and crannies of that cheese. You can't brush off sand. And then he out there sitting in the beach when the tsunami coming, like in at the edge right. of the water. He tripping. Um, Many a people have gone to glory that way, sir. Yeah, but but dude, like at first, at first, oh, I want to talk about Molly too. Something's going on with Molly too. I, we we got to break down. Um, but do do did you think that that Nathan and, and Risha was like you know going together at first? Uh, uh, a little. So here's my thing. I don't like informal work environments. I don't. Like when people are very like close and touchy-feely and inappropriate with coworkers, even outside the workplace, because that relationship got fostered in the workplace, it does it makes me feel like something's going on. Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, because I'm just I feel like I'm someone who hasn't worked in a lot of informal workplaces. So it's not, it's not normal to me. So it does make me uncomfortable. So I do think I would have reacted like Ethan. I would have felt like something was going on between them. And and it did look like it. Uh, but I also think that, that Nathan, I don't think he really wants to be with anybody right now. I think he, I think he's just chilling. I think he's enjoying like his newfound stability. Like, that's I what think it he like to me. is, and I think that there's a part of him that wants to like how he was saying he invited his cousin because he wanted to just show that he wasn't that guy anymore. So I do think that Nathan's kind of pushing himself to prove to everyone that. I'm not that guy. I have the ability to have a girlfriend and have a relationship. And I have the ability to, you know, plan events for my job. But I have the ability to live my life as a person who's not affected by the illness that I have. And so I do think that he's trying to, I think he's enjoying his newfound stability, but he's also trying to prove to people his newfound stability at the same time. Yeah. And some of it, some of it, some of it feels organic. Like he really just, just trying. I think he, I guess, like for me, I, I put, I try to put myself in his shoes and like kind of think how I would think. I think if like people have been, you know, labeling me away like for a period of time, and then you know, I will, I would, 
I would just want people to see that, but I wouldn't try to force it on them. But I would want people to see me for who I really am and not what they think I am or what they've been told I am, you know. And so I, I, I can understand what it's like, you know, wanting to not necessarily be accepted, but um, just just show that you're not the person that, you know, that there's more to you than just whatever somebody has said I, I was or whatever that may be. So I understand yeah. what it might be like to feel like they, no matter what you do, is never good enough. Like no matter what you do, no matter how hard you fight, no matter how hard you try, like people just won't see you any other way. Even when you're yeah. out here living what you know your new life or what you what, who you really are. Yeah, and that's a hard thing to grapple with to know that you made a lot of improvement with anything. It doesn't matter, like what it is, whether it's a mental illness, whether you had a drinking problem, a drug problem, a gambling problem, a cheating problem, and you've turned yourself around, like, and, but people still thinking that you're always just going to be that person. I can imagine that that's something very hard to, um, to deal with. Yeah, and you know, like, when his cousin, I guess that was his wife, she to me it felt yeah. like she was taking digs at him. I didn't really like it because every time she did something, he it kind of like it looked like it kind of hurt him. Like it made him feel it, and I didn't like that. Like don't take digs at people like, that, especially when you know, and maybe they don't know he was manic, and you know, and that you know, that may that may be why. But I, I wouldn't have took digs at him like that because I think that bothered when she said he was just blowing in the wind like a little leaf or whatever. <laughs> that was kind of crazy. I didn't like that. And. That's what when the cousin said it was me who wanted you out of the house, not her. That was confusing because I was like the way she was acting. Yeah, it made it seem like it was really her. Exactly. That's what I was. And again, like again. not. I understand not knowing that the person is manic, so that could. So I understand why someone would make those comments, but it just seemed it seemed like overkill to me. Yeah, she was. She was. She was digging way too hard. I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. But I am glad that him and his cousin, um, you know, had that conversation done. But I think that's what him and uh, Issa needed to kind of like break the ice and things not to be weird between them anymore. And it's much like what happened with Issa and Molly. They needed yeah. to get robbed yeah. for them to be able to talk to one another and laugh at one another like they used to. So sometimes you do just need that awkward experience or that traumatic experience. You need a trauma bond so you all can get back to what you were doing. And by no means am I advocating for people to go through traumatic experiences to get closer to people. But it, it, when you do have something... When you do have like a common something where you can come back and be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe we just experienced that together," yeah. it really it it really does help accelerate um, relationships. Now, whether or not that relationship will end up being healthy is another it's a whole other thing, but it definitely does help build a closeness. It does, and I think either they gonna end up being really, really good friends, or that's who she gonna actually end up being with. Like, cause like you said, I did feel like it was a filler episode, just the way it started out. But then as things went on, like towards the end, they got, I was like, okay, I see what they doing here. It, it made more sense. 
Um, and I don't know if it's just because it's the last season. That's why it kind of came off as a filler episode. But it definitely made more sense, like as it went on. Um, so I think that's what's gonna happen with them. But I did want to touch on Molly, and then we're gonna kind of like get to Kelly a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I think Molly is trying to get over her her fear of dating again. And I think she's trying it with these two guys. Like, first of all, I'm like, why you pick these guys? And like, if people are saying these type of things, like, like, is that what is that what women go for? Like, it just kind of made me think think really weird. And it was something that happened that I, that I think she thought was like like a no. Like, kind of towards the end of the episode when it was at the was it at the bar? He was like, I'm trying to um something about the cat or something like that. Oh, he had to go home. He didn't want to go to the Jason Derulo party because he had to go home and let out his cat. And she said, girl, you worried about the wrong cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she, I don't, like I said, I haven't seen it, but I don't think she's going to date anybody. I think she's going to be afraid for a while. But in the beginning of the episode, I think that she just gave a very clear-cut, concise, and to me, sensical reasoning behind her methodology. They were like, you know, which one? It was. I don't know if they asked which one she was going to go for or whatever. She was like, both. I'm going with whoever until they cancel themselves out. Yeah. So she's not looking for, instead of going in, do you have a degree? Do you have kids? Instead of trying to find a way to you know, let them cancel themselves out off of, you know, like off of a list that you have or things that can be superficial. She's waiting for them to do something like, oh, hey, I want to ride with you here. And he's like, ah, no, I can't do that because I got to do this. She's waiting for them to do some type of action that she doesn't like to then let them go instead of telling people no before she even gets a chance to to talk to talk with them and try and have some type of interaction with them. So, I mean, I think for someone who has been as particular as Molly has been, and Molly has not found success with the level of particular she has been in her dating, to me, that methodology makes sense. And it, I think and it she's does. A, she's a braver woman than I because... Uh uh-uh. uh, no, <laughs> no. I think that are going to eliminate you. They will eliminate you for a reason, and that is why I have them. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say she's definitely trying something different, and I and I kind of like to see it, but I also thought it was a little, little, it was a little, little weird. But I don't know. It's weird. It's a little weird just to see. It was. It was a point. That it was something that happened in the show. I'm trying to think of what it is right now. And of course, I can't remember it on the fly. But something happened that just kind of made me rethink the whole situation um, with with Molly. I'm trying to think of what it was. I don't know. What happened with Ethan and Molly at the end? Because um, Buddy Buddy went inside the uh, the thing, right? He went inside. And he took Molly, and then she was like, she'll try and find a door, an open door around back to sneak them in. And then 
Jason, Jason's cousin. Oh, wait, Nathan's cousin. You see, I'm <laughs> thinking about this guy being so excited about Jason Derulo. That was Nathan's crazy. Cousin. Nathan's cousin. Um, he goes to get his Uber, and then he follows him, and then. I think that's the last interaction that Issa and Molly had. I think so too, because she she walked away for a minute and went to, to to go be with Nathan. Yeah, there's a possibility. I feel like I vaguely remember that Issa that Molly texted Issa that she found a door, but if anything, that would have been the last interaction that they got some type of text message. But the last interaction they had face to face was Molly left and said she was going to try and find a way to get Issa into the party. I think I think that is how that happened. She did go in. I think she texted her or called her and told her that they found the door and then Buddy took off. Uh uh, but I did want to talk about him too because you know he kind of came up from uh, like doing like little comedy sketches on like Facebook and Instagram, and I th- I like how she puts people like that into her into her shows. Um, but he said something in that card I thought was crazy. I'm trying to think of what it was because I know they was talking about uh, like people. What was mm-hmm. it? What was it? He was like, "Yeah, you said, you know, that's how everybody does it, or something like that." Because it was him and they. Because he was talking about that. He was like, "Oh, by that, his, his girl. That women friend zone men, and oh, then yeah. they go from the friend zone to being in relationships." He yeah, he said that. I do remember that. I want. I think that might have been what it was. Because I don't think Nathan knew that he was in the friend zone, but I don't think he wanted to be in the friend zone. No, I thought I thought Nathan knew that he was in the friend zone when she wanted him to come over and just cuddle. And it, yeah. I think that Nathan knew he was in the friend zone, but he didn't think that the friend zone would be a pathway to a relationship, which also I don't condone. Like back in back in my day, they were called oh. orbiters. <laughs> You said or- where, oh, orbiters. Okay, orbiters, I remember you talked about where that. Meant like people will orbit around you until until they find that space where they can squeeze in and and be more. And I'm just like, I think it's very, I think it's very corny. Are there people who you're friends and then you enter into a relationship? Yeah, there are, and I think that's a hundred percent fine. But if you're just remaining friends with someone in the hopes of you can catch them one night when they're vulnerable and swoop in. I think this is very, very corny. Mm. Have you, have you ever dated anybody that was a friend of yours? Like y'all was friends? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was a friend to me. Um, I don't know if he came in, if he felt like he was dating me when I felt that we were friends, but I I would say yes, I, I have dated someone. I've ended up dating someone who was my friend. Interesting. How, how did that go? Oh, he's the he's the one who I don't like. Oh, I, oh, never. No, we'll he's talk the, about it with the, the mama's boy. 
Yeah. We'll, talk, yeah. we'll have to talk about that off air, dude. But yeah, and then I mean, mm, I I don't know if high school even really counts or whatever. But I mean, one of my very first boyfriends, we were great friends, and then we started dating um, through high school, through the end of high school into college. So. I mean, yeah, there's that. I'm trying to think. I think those would be the only two. So, like, the one in high school, that was a clear cut. Like, yes, we were friends when we started dating. The mama's boy, I felt like, um, I felt like we were friends. I feel like maybe he felt that we were dating from the beginning, and I was like, we weren't. We were friends, and you, like, yeah. So, one and a half, one and a possible. Interesting. Sometimes those be the best relationships, man. Honest, if you, because I really do think that you have to, you need to be able to be friends with your partner. And I, and I actually was really, really intentional on how I was explaining something to um, a guy like the other day. And I was telling him that his effort level was getting friendship for me. And I, I, and I was very specific in telling him, I'm not just looking for friendship with you so like i want more than like i want partnership i want dating but i still we still have to be friends like you have to be friends with your partner and i saw someone tweet the other day that their kid said to them you're good friends with mommy and i was like one kids be noticing everything <laughs> born learn how to talk with condola and he was like and so people are like, yeah, kids really notice everything. And they notice, you know, are they actually friends? And so it's, it's important because it fosters, it fosters a better relationship for you all. And then if you choose to procreate, it shows your children what a relationship should be like because they understand those things. They pick up on those things. For sure. For sure. Um, that's a good point. That's a good point. I did. Oh, I know what I wanted to say about Kelly. So now I know why okay. Kelly been acting weird. I think it's because she's not drinking anymore. So it's a new Kelly. Like, eh, eh, eh. you said, eh? No, I was going to say that's very fair. I think that's why she's been acting like that. I think she's going through. She's still, I think she's she's going through something, but I definitely think she stopped drinking for a reason and something's happening there. I'm not sure what, though. And you know what's really interesting? Kelly, you know, they were, her and Risha were having the moment and Kelly was yeah. breaking down crying. And the fact that, that. She's, she's not drinking, a lot of people feel like, you know, you get to drinking and that's when you just start breaking down crying in public because you've seen your ex or, mm-hmm. or you done thought of something else and now you're in hysterics because you off the tequila and in your feelings. But she's not she's not drinking but she's still able to tap into whatever emotion she has and whatever is going on sober and it still brings her to a space where she feels safe enough to be open and emotional in public which i think is is an interesting turn of events because people you know the people you generally see crying in public are drunk (laughs) yeah uh 
I am glad that her and Risha had that conversation, but that that also let me know that furthermore that one Risha and Nathan weren't dating, but that 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 uh, Kelly was really going through something. And, I, and like I said, I, I believe that's why they were saying that Kelly died or whatever. Like I really think that's what that was. I'm, I'm gonna go back and look at it again just to make sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know something's up though. Um, like you know what you so you know what happened to Kelly, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Just don't tell me. I won't. Am I, am I getting close? I'm no. not telling you. All right. Don't tell me. Because then I'm going to start. I was, yeah. Don't tell me. Um, <laughs> what else did Kelly do? But I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm glad they was having that conversation in the car. And I like how, how Issa got a... Not that she got her, but she got my little ass. Risha, was they messing around? She's like, no, he's like a brother or whatever. You see, that's your, you see, you need that in your friendship. You need the one who's just going to be like, um, what's going on with you and such and such? Just get the answers, clear the air, and bam, we good. But I think that allowed Issa to kind of relax and go for what she wanted, too. Yeah. And Molly knew that, so that's why she had to ask for her. Yeah. Um, what else? It's something else that happened in that car. What else? What the mm. funny guy? He said something else. I'm gonna have to go back and look. We'll revisit it too. But I know it was something that okay. was a good point. It was a real good point. Real good point. Um. But yeah, I think I think the most the most thing, the most thing I like most was Nathan at the end because I can relate to Nathan. I can relate to Nathan just just by uh just by things that he's gone through like who he's trying to become and that you you know like people sometimes i feel like people don't want to like at least how i felt like the lady was digging at him as his cousin's wife like they don't want you to be who you become like they don't allow you to make your mistakes they don't like they don't they don't forgive you they want you to be that same person that's how they see you even though you've changed or you're trying to do something different but I, I'm glad for him that he's finally stable. He's getting his he's getting his shit together. But it did kind of hurt me to that to see him kind of like hurting. But like it also kind of made me feel like maybe that was his his mental illness at play too. Cause he you know it looked like he was like sad, sad. But you could just tell he was like a little disappointed. Yeah, and I mean as far as people not letting you grow, be the new you, it's like. That's when you gotta start reevaluating if you want, you know, these people being in your life. And sometimes, you know, it sucks to outgrow people, but some people really are only here for a season. And if they, and it really does suck if they were only here for the season in which you weren't your best self. And you want them to experience your best self, but if they can't get past who you used to be, then it really might be time to just let it go. And it's it's hard. It's very hard. But sometimes yeah. that's really just the reality of it. Yeah. But I think I think overall this was a good episode. It did feel like filler, but like after I watched it a couple more times, it it, it was better. Yeah. Like the first I know the first time I, do you hear this this fool in the background? I heard the dog earlier. She <laughs> she is bouncing around her playpen like WrestleMania. Oh, she man, is a no, mess. I didn't, I didn't hear that. But before. yeah, 
Like the first time I watched it, I was like, what is this nonsense? Like this is the last season. We don't have time for these little <laughs> these little ridiculous episodes. But yeah, like after even getting more into the episodes, um, like by the time the cousin and the wife came and the wife was making all uh, the backhanded comments, I was like, okay, nah, there's purpose to this. So yeah, it, it took me some time to get into it and to see the, to see the usefulness of the episode, I kind of want to ask a question, but I feel like I feel like you can't, you won't be able to answer the question because it's about Nathan. I was uh, mm-hmm. just, I guess, don't tell me the answer, but I guess, I guess by you even giving an answer or a no answer will say a lot to me. But like you said, it, it's you said they said a lot about Nathan, like. I was wondering, like, is Nathan going to relapse and, like, go back to who he used to be? But I don't know if you can answer that. I don't know if you should answer that. Probably don't answer that. But I guess I'll just leave that question out there. Correct. I'm not going to answer that. All right. <laughs> so we'll, 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 we'll come back to insecurity. Then. We'll come back to insecure. I want to touch on... Uh, thing the thing keep jumping. Why is it jumping? The trap keep jumping. That's what it is. But uh, let's see, where did it go? Dating people of a different race slash culture, religion, inspired by ninety day fiance. <laughs> let's talk yeah, about I'm that. Just gonna do this today. <laughs> oh okay. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, speaking of that, hold on one second. This is my mom, and she's back home. Okay. All right, so yeah, yeah, we back, we back. <laughs> um, so this is OG ninety day fiance. So that means that these people have already decided that they want to marry this person from another country, and they come to the United States. And they have ninety days to get married. Um, but they've never lived with this person. Um, again, this person is from another country. So there, there's cultural differences. There's, there's a lot of stuff to figure out in these 90 days. But the things that are constants are they have 90 days to get married, person's from another country, person cannot work for, I think you can't, I think they can't work for six months. Like you have 90 days to get married and then once you get married, I think that you still can't work for another three months. Is that like a roof? So, no, no, no. It's just like, that's what the, the K-1, that's like what the immigration process is, coming to the United States and marrying someone. Okay. And getting, and getting your green card or, well, no, I think your green card you have to apply for later. Whatever the process is, it's like the United States rules. So, all of these people are financially dependent on the person who is bringing them to this country, who is intending to marry them. And then, I just, when I feel that there's a lot, I don't say a lot, I feel that some of these relationships are predatory. I feel like there are some people who purposely seek someone from another country um, usually a developing nation, not a developed country like the United States. And 
they feel that they'll just be happy being in the United States. Mm-hmm. That they, because it's automatically a better quality of life wherever they were before. So they don't have to be top tier United States living. They're just happy to be in the United States. So they're looking for people who are like lower maintenance. And that makes me feel the way. Because then when the people come over and they're like, this ain't what I expected, then they're upset here? at them. Yeah, like when their fiance gets here and they're like, this isn't what I expected, or I wanted this, I wanted that. They're like, like, do you just want me for my for my things, for my status? Do you just want me for my money? And I'm like, did you just want them because you wanted somebody who was low maintenance and cheap to take care of? Mm-hmm. I really feel that's what some of them are like. And then also, you're marrying people from other countries. So you're going to have different cultures. You're going to have different religions. You're going to have different races. And shit don't be matching up. Like, there are some real, real, like, cultural differences that be whipping these people's ass. And I'm like, you didn't think about this? So this season, there is one particular girl. Her name is Shida. She is from Trinidad and Tobago. So while she she's from, she's very pretty. She okay. So while she is from a different island than where my family is from, there's a saying in the Caribbean that all of we is one. There all are similarities. Yes, all of we. Mm-hmm. There, there are similarities between the islands, but there are differences. But seeing how Shida acts is how I would act in the situation she was put in, how my sister would act. And my sister is, uh, this is very calm compared to, this is very calm period. But yeah. this, yes. So you ride, you ride how, the Piper. Correct. Oh, I have Lord. always been. They say it's something about the youngest sibling. That'd be crazy. That is me. <laughs> crazy is me and like there's there's like a there's a small section of the cousins on my dad's side that are like calm the rest of us are in fucking thing and so my sister so it was like for a long time sometimes I'll be like looking at my sister like are we related cause we be wild like where did I get this wildness from then I get back to my cousin and I'm like oh yeah okay no, for real. <laughs> I'm part of the family. And then there's the quiet cousin. Like, okay, then you're part of this family. And it's wild because when we're kids, all the quiet cousins, my sister is always in the is in pictures with the exact same cousins. So a little quiet crew, love hanging out together. The rest of us. Oh, man. We were. <laughs> but, like, all of my cousins would act the same way she's acting. All of my friends in the Caribbean would act the same way she's acting. I promise. And we don't see any... That's just how we grew up. So I'm not saying it's right how we act, but it's it's normal to us. What, so what basically, so basically, the guy goes to Trinidad and Tobago. He spends seven, well, I don't know how long he spent in Trinidad and Tobago overall, but of the time he was in Trinidad and Tobago, he was with her for seven of those days. Mm-hmm. 
so enamored with her wanted to get married. Proposes, whatever, whatever, applies for the K-1 visa, she's gonna come to the United States. So when you first, when he first gets introduced on the show, he's in this gorgeous house. It is so pretty. Nicely decorated. He's a real estate investor and a realtor. So he he knows his shit with houses. Whenever he FaceTimes Shida, he always FaceTimes her with just a plain white wall behind him. Never showed this woman his house. Oh, Lord. Never showed him the car he drove. None of that. She knows nothing of what he lit of what his life is like in the United States. And he did that purposefully, I'm assuming. Yes. He because he's like, I don't want her to just be be here for my things. Like, shut up. So <laughs> she knows what he does. She knows that he's into real estate. She knows that he was divorced, that he has two kids. She knows all that. She just doesn't know any of his material things. Mm-hmm. So he admits that after his divorce, he had a hard time trusting. He doesn't get into the details of the divorce. I don't know who decided to divorce who, if she tried to take him for all his money. None of that is ever discussed up to this point. We're only three, two, three episodes in of the season. So then he also retains his family home that they grew up in. So he says he's going to play a joke on Shida. He keeps, he calls it a joke. Mm -hmm. He is going to pick her up in a work van. So again, he does real estate. He flips houses. So he has a big panel van with tools and stuff in it that he's going to go pick her up from the airport in. Not, I think he drives a Mercedes, not his, he drives a foreign luxury car. I know that he's not picking her up in that. He's picking her up in a panel van, a work van. And he's taking her to the house that he grew up in, which no one has lived in for 15 years. The day before he goes, the day, sorry, not the day before, the day of him going to pick her up from the airport, he and his sister go to the home to make it look like he lives there. He puts up like, they have a couple of, they have like a picture of him and her when they were in Trinidad and Tobago. And he puts that on the nightstand. And you know, just like, just look, makes it look like, you know, puts toiletries in, in the in the bathroom and stuff like that. Like, so, like that's where he lives. Like I said, 15 years, no one has lived in this house. They didn't open the windows to air that out. They didn't put up no mothballs, that's nothing. Crazy. They didn't dust nothing. So he goes to pick her up at the airport. <laughs> and she said, she mentioned, you know, I've asked him what kind of car he drives and let me see his house and he would never show me. And so she's like, oh, I'm excited to see the house and the kind of car he drives. And he's just kind of like blankly looking at the camera like, I told you, nigga. <laughs> so then they go up to the work van, which he parked. I want to say he parked next to a Chevy Malibu, it looked like. So in Trinidad and Tobago, they drive on the left side of the road. So okay. she's standing on on the passenger. She's standing on the driver's side of the Chevy, thinking that she's going that he's going to open that. That is the passenger side because in her mind that's the passenger side, thinking he's going to open the door to let her in. 
when he opened the back of that work of that panel van, she's like, this is your car? I thought it was this one. He was like, oh no, I know you like big cars. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> was like, this is a panel van. That's so crazy. then he, he puts her stuff in the back. She gets in the passenger seat and she was like, you put my stuff in the back of that car? She's like, it looks like Sanford and Son. So this is the stuff. <laughs> this is how Caribbean women insult stuff. We always compare it to something else. <laughs> so something is junky, it is Sanford and Son. She called the van a Scooby Doo van. I'm like, that's I was like, this is all that shit I would have been saying too. And so you have to think about it. This is her personal belongings, and this is all the belongings she has in this country. And you're gonna go put it next to paint brushes and toolboxes and drills. I'm on the same page as her. She has her travel pillow. You put your face on your travel pillow. You don't want your travel pillow being next to a hammer. That's disgusting. <laughs> so she was like, no, take my stuff out of that trash. Take my stuff out of that trash. And I'm like, trash. I said, she not wrong. She is not wrong. <laughs> So they're, they're driving to the house and she's like, she sees the houses in the neighborhood and she was like, he was like, you like the, you like the houses? She was like, they're cute. Oh, <laughs> so then he pulls up to the house. They walk up to the house and she was like, a house for the 1900s? That's crazy. <laughs> And when I tell you, A1, the ceiling is peeling when you go inside. She said, this can fall on us. She said, this dilapidated house. Like, she was really like, this is not, no. <laughs> this is, no. And so he was like, oh, you know, what did I tell you about being grateful and humble beginnings? And I'm like, look, man. I don't know. I've never been to Trinidad and Tobago, but I'm pretty sure if it's anything like where my parents are from, she knows about humble beginnings. Have you ever bathed outside with rainwater? Have you ever done that? His name is Bilal. I'm like yelling at the TV. I'm like, have you ever bathed outside of rainwater, Bilal? Have you ever done that? Like, have you ever had lights and water go off in the whole village? For two days, have you ever done that while you're over here talking about humble beginnings? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure she's had enough humble beginnings. And I'm pretty sure this woman got on a plane, left her entire life in Trinidad to come be with you. You are her sole financial provider. If you want to play games, that's scary <laughs> to think that you come from another country. This person has to support you. And this is what they've been hiding from you the whole time. She was like, I feel deceived. Because when he was there, he had Louis Vuitton luggage. He had nice suits. Like, all these things. He was, she said he presented himself completely different in Trinidad and Tobago. Which I believe, because we've seen what his house really looks like. We see what he, we've seen what he really has. So I'm like, yes, this is not funny. This is not a joke. This woman has to depend on you. And you want to sit here and play games with her like this and make it seem like, oh, this is all that I have? Uh, I wasn't with it. That I was hilarious. not with it. And then he was like, what did he say? 
he was like, oh, do you want to go order some food? And she was like, is there not a rat in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> and the whole time I'm laughing and I'm like, this is exactly how I would carry on. I literally did not see anything wrong with what she was doing and what she was saying. Because it's this again, this is how I would react. This is how any one of my family members would react. So then he was like, oh, she was like, oh, I just thought that, you know, with what you do and the way that you presented yourself in Trinidad, that you would have been further along. Like, this is not, this house is not a good representation of you. Like, we're better than this. And he was like, well, are you going to complain or are you going to roll your sleeves up and help me build? She said, I'm going to do both. And I said, tell him, tell him, because that's the same thing I'm going to do. I'm going to do both. I'm going to complain, but I'm going to help you. And so then they sleep the next day. He tells her the next day she apologizes because she's like, this is the only person who I have. I have to, you know, I can't be at odds with this man. I have nothing else. So again, this is the only, this is who I have to, de- who, this is who I have to depend on financially. It already seems like he can barely take care of me financially. I can't piss him off too. And then what he's going to give me less of what he already has less of? No. So she was like, she just had to apologize to him. And then he had left. He was like, he had to go do something. And so she FaceTimes her mom and she shows her mom the house. And the mom, she laughed too. She was like, this is crazy. She said he must have been renting them suits he was wearing in Trinidad. (laughs) And I was like, there we go. Caribbean mother right there. And then the mom was, she was like, stick it out. See how it goes. But if it continues like this, get your backside back on a plane to Trinidad. So then he comes back and he's like, oh, we have to have lunch at my mom's house. And so she's worried about meeting the mother because they've been fighting since she landed. And she's like, if your mom doesn't like me, would you still date me? And he's like, "Eh, probably not. She's like, you understand how much pressure that is. So... The mom's house is not the mom's house. It is his house that he's now taking her. So they're driving. They pull up into his neighborhood. Noticeably, all the the houses change. They're more modern houses. They're nicer houses. They're clearly more expensive houses. And so they pull up, and he he brings her inside, and he was like, this is where you'll be living. And she, like, she couldn't believe it. She dropped to her knees. That is crazy. And then... He had all these gifts for her in their bedroom. She's a yoga instructor, so he made a yoga room for her. And she had apparently made the paper in Trinidad. He got the paper and framed it and put it in her yoga room. And I was like, this is so sweet. Like, you could honestly, you could have brought her to the house, said, this is your house, these are your gifts, this is your yoga room. And then taking her to that house and been like, you know, I've, it's taken me a long time to get to where I am. This is the house that I grew up in. Like, I come from humble beginnings. And, you know, I'm grateful for what I have. And I want you to be grateful, too, that I can support you in the way that I'm supporting you. You leaving your entire family and coming here to be with me. Like, there was no need to play a stupid joke. Like, are you dumb? <laughs> are you so fucking dumb. But, yeah, the way that he was like, I was like, I don't see anything wrong with how she acted. That's exactly how I would have acted, too. <laughs> that is crazy. 
that, that is kind of funny. You have another one. The guy is from Egypt, so he's Muslim. And oh, and so the thing about Shida and Bilal, they're both Muslim. And so that's one thing where I'm like, oh, people are like, oh, well, they're both black and they're both Muslim. They'll probably, you know, be a great match. But no, culture matters. That those cultural differences matter. And then the guy from Egypt, he, you know, uh, she she can't, women can't show their arms, can't show their legs. This woman is a grown woman from New Mexico. She's been doing what she wants. You know, she had to go through her closet and throw out clothes because now she can't wear these things. They can't, when she went to visit him in Egypt, you can't show public displays of affection in Egypt, so she couldn't kiss him. Really? Um, yeah, when he got to the airport, he was like, they kissed at the airport, and he was like, that was his first taste of freedom. Um, because he's Muslim and he prays five times a day, he needs a bidet in the bathroom because he's like, just just wiping your butt with a tissue ain't going to do it. You're coming <laughs> before God. I need some water to shoot up, to shoot up there. And she didn't get a chance to get the bidet in, but she did all this other stuff. And so when she said that, he was like, he didn't make a big deal about it to her because he said, you know, I didn't want to fight. But in like his one-on-one private interview, he was like, I don't understand why she didn't get the bidet. And then when she said, you know, you know, I just didn't do it yet. He was like, oh, you'll get it done. Not we will get it done. You will get it done. And then he also said that he's looking for a woman to take care of him as his mother would take care of him. And I'm just like, oh, yes. And that's what a lot of these places the how the how the men are dependent on their mothers and then their wives it's not like it is in the united states if you all are about to be in for a rude awakening when you bring this man over here and you marry him and he's expecting you to wash his dirty drawers like and he can't do anything for himself and i'm just like i that there are things that that go into lasting, healthy, successful relationships other than just love and chemistry. You have to be compatible with someone. And some of the stuff that these people be going through, I'm like, you all aren't compatible because you all have grown up completely in two totally different cultures, two totally different countries, two totally different religions, two totally different races. And you all can't, you all can't get past that. You all can't figure this stuff out. That is pretty wild. Um, it kind of made me want to watch the show, but it also, but I think I well, we kind of briefly touched on it, but it made me think about this show Ultimatum. Maybe we'll touch on that one day too. But um, I'm on episode eight of that, and that show is very messy. Man, I don't know what episode I'm on. I know the last thing I saw was I think a couple of them might have gotten ready to live with each other I think I know I know it was it was I think it's the episode after uh yeah I think no they had already they they have moved in everybody moved in with each other and they trying to do the whole you know living with each other thing but I'm at the I'm at to get back to it I ain't watching them maybe like a week or two now um but yeah I will say about about dating people that's outside your culture and religion sometimes it can be a bit challenging especially like when they're like hard fast on some things and you're like hard fast on some things like it can be 
can be a bit challenging but i know i had a conversation the other day because somebody somebody said somebody asked me how do they put it so i think somebody asked me well somebody asked me well for my other thing they asked me why don't i see any women that look like you and i kind of told them why there isn't and i usually told them because it can be a bit difficult sometimes dealing with women who look like me when it comes to like the other thing that I do um versus when it when it's other people they're they're just willing to to just do it or they're not like you know it, it's it's just the easier thing and we kind of got into like how 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 I started like dating outside of my race or whatever and I kind of broke that down too but I guess what I'm trying to say here is uh it's it's definitely a difference and I think like when it is somebody who is different culture, different religion, like it's to me, it, it was fun. It's kind of interesting to kind of learn about these people and like their culture, their beliefs, and then, you know, kind of share a little bit of what you got too. And then see how you kind of blend the two and see like what are the non-negotiables or whatever and some things we can kind of work on. But it definitely can be challenging. Um, like I don't, I don't have a type because I know people think that I do, but I really don't. I I date pretty much anybody as long as you know the feeling is mutual. Like I'm willing to explore and see what it is, you know. Um, but I can definitely see how people would would clash over like culture, religion, and different things like being different races because it's just so different. Like cause some people just don't see it because they don't have to experience certain things or they weren't raised a certain way or, you know, like they've been taught that this is the only way, you know, that that can be a bit troublesome for, you know, new couples, especially if the personalities ain't the right type of personalities. So what about, cause I feel like you've dated pretty heavily in cultures that, that have very strict gender roles. Um, I guess, I guess so. Cause I see it. I see it. I see both are like that. Like to me, they're more similar than they're, than they're not alike to me. I just think one is still kind of living in an old school past and one is kind of in a more progressive future. But you get a mix of people who who want their freedom, and when they get their freedom, they don't ever look back. It's over for what's his name when they get a taste of their freedom. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? It's over for who when they get their freedom? What's his name? You remember, you remember that meme <laughs> when you get the dude, dude, it's over for what's his name? That's just kind no. of I, I'm gonna have to send it to you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to send it to you. But it was a, it was a funny meme. But um, what I'm saying is like, let's say, let's say you are from a place where like women aren't allowed to work or women aren't allowed to speak or do certain things. And the first moment they step step outside of that and they date somebody outside, they never want to go back to living the way they were before because they felt depressed, you know. And like they get a little sense of freedom, they get to express, you know, who they are. They're more than just somebody who cooks. They're more than just somebody who cleans. They're more than just somebody you you know like you're, they're more than just an object. You know, because a lot of places people are treated like they're just objects, you know. So I think and I do see that like in our culture, like like old school people, like they don't they don't believe in certain things. And it's the same thing. But I just think like with us, it's it's just it's a more progressive future. It's more of an independent women society now, more so than it was back then. And they haven't just quite some some other cultures hasn't quite got there yet. 
So then how do you deal with enough? So like, how do you date people who, because I feel like you've told me that some things have been said to you about your, like, you're just, you do what needs to be done. You don't look for, you're a woman, so you have to cook. Yeah, so you just do it. And I feel like you've expressed to me that some things have been, some derogatory things have been said to you about you being that way or like you expressing your feelings. And I'm like, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the person that you're dating saying things like that to you, but it's rooted in their culture? Because in their culture, men don't express their feelings. Men don't have to cook. Men don't have to clean. And because you're doing these things, they think you're less than less of a man. Like how how do you deal with your partner saying things like that to you? It's one thing to play, okay, well this is how you grew up. So eh, I'm kind of fighting with you. Like you're like, oh, I'll clean up. And she's like, oh, no, I'll clean up. And you all go back and forth about it. But for them to say derogatory things about you because of your willingness to help in the household, that's wild to me. So how do you deal with that? Just tell them that they're annoying. <laughs> you better than me. <laughs> you, uh, and you just try to explain that, that, that more – you know, by being able to be a Swiss Army knife, being able to do multiple things mean more time, more freedom. That means I don't need you. That means I need you for the things that that I can't do. If that makes any sense, like let's say, like a, like let's say, let's say, let's say I was dating a woman with that was a millionaire. Like she don't need me for my money. She needs me for those things that money can't buy. If that makes any sense. And so you try to explain no, to them these things, and you kind of like. You know, kind of pull something else out of them. Like, and the funny thing is, some of them get it, and some of them grew up that way, and then some of them don't. But it's, it just depends on how, how, how close-minded or, or traditional some people are. But you just kind of like you try to show and tell, you know, because it's nice. Because I guarantee you, no one wants. I don't know anybody just want to cook and clean all day. I don't. I don't know anybody that wants to cook and clean all day. Like you just can't do it. So I think when they when they realize that uh when they realize that uh you you are actually taking a burden off and that it should actually be a teamwork and you know it shouldn't be a burden on either person I think they come to realize that 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 that's a good thing that's a plus and not not so much a bad thing but you can't you sometimes do will have to deal with like rough conversations you know about certain things. But it's I think it should be like a learning and teaching experience because when you think about it, a lot of times, like most chefs that I know are men in all cultures, and I think the first cooks on earth were probably men. Like I really believe that, and I think that that like in certain places, I think men can do certain things. Like if it's barbecue or grilling and stuff like that, or if you're like a really really good cook, is one thing. But I think it just depends on it's hit or miss who who it is. But I will say in most in, in my experience, it was always an appreciated thing more so than it was a, a negative thing, an unappreciated thing. Like I've only had to deal with it. to cook. Yeah, or just do anything. Just do anything. Okay. So because I, there are certain places like I don't know. Like I feel like we we have to defend things that we do or explain things that we do so much to other people 
I don't want to have to explain stuff to my partner. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want Asher to be trying to touch my fresh twist out. Like, no, sir, you cannot <laughs> touch this. But, no, uh, sir, I will have this bonnet and scarf and silk uh, pillowcase combo every night. We are in bed. Yes. And cut. I'm not going through this with you. Yes, sir. This is going to be spicy. And there's going to be 511 different spice jars in the pantry. I'm not going through that with my partner. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then I know that black people still are not a monolith. And so, again, like, I, I long have not been a huge fan of dating men from the United States because I feel like they're different from men in the Caribbean. Really? And then, yes. How so? I think that overall Caribbean men are cleaner. Really? <laughs> yes. Why, why so? I just, I, there are things that I've seen men from the U.S. do that I would never see Caribbean men do. Like Caribbean men, but this whole argument about men getting pedicures and taking care of their hands, mm, that's not an argument. They've been doing it, baby. Over there? <laughs> yes. We've been had that. Okay. Like, we don't, I remember, and you know, this is another conversation I want to have. We can have it another day. Not necessarily like a red flag, but something that you've seen someone you're dating or your partner do that you're like, this needs to be discussed immediately. <laughs> it's not it's not a red flag like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to date you anymore. We need to break up. But this has to be discussed going forward. And it was getting in the bed with your outside clothes on. I was like, are you mad? <laughs> are you, are you mad? Look. <laughs> <laughs> and you just don't see Caribbean people do that. Like when I tell you, I be, it's a struggle for me because I still don't have a couch. I'm being very particular about the couch that I want. Mm -hmm. And so like the couch is where, you know, I would go, I'm tired and I just want, you know, but I, I hadn't bathed, so I can't get in my bed. So I'm just going to sit on my couch. So when I tell you, I've been struggling because I don't have a couch. Like, you it is rough, but well, I have, it's a whole big thing. I have um, a chair that's in front of my vanity in my bedroom. Um, and then I had an office chair, but the office chair broke. I had to send it back and get a replacement <laughs> from Amazon. At first they said it was going to get here June 8th. I was like, that's over a month, but it actually just sits today and it's going to get here on Sunday. Um, and then I also had like a, a bench at the end of my bed. So I'm just, I'm sitting in one of those places. But I'm just like, I don't care. But I literally do not care how exhausted I am, how much I want to lay down, and I can't lay down on this chair, I can't lay down on this bench. I am not getting in my bed with my outside clothes and my unbathed body. It's not happening. I, do, I will lay on the floor. If it gets that bad, yes, if I want to lay down, I will lay on my floor. It is that, like, it is that serious to me. But I saw he got in the bed. We, we went out, like I had changed my clothes to go out and he had made a comment about me changing my clothes. And I didn't like get like dress dress. I just put something on. Like we have, we call them house clothes. They're the clothes that you wear in the house. So I, I changed out of my house clothes. We went somewhere. I changed back from my house clothes and he just got right in the bed in the clothes that he had been wearing outside. And I was like, I was mortified. I couldn't like, 
I was like, no, no. Like, no. Like, oh, what? Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. I, mm-mm. Mm-mm. But I it's like, those are things that I feel like I don't deal with men from the Caribbean. Really? Yes. I and I say. also feel like they are more... They they can take our attitudes more. So again, like how I was saying, the way Shida was talking, that didn't bother me at all. I didn't see anything wrong with what she was doing. And again, I'm not saying that she's right. I'm just saying that's what we're used to. And so, you know, I talk to how I talk to like to some men, and they think that I'm I mean I'm aggressive. And I'm just like, what's wrong with you? Like you're being. You're being very sensitive right now. And so that's also another reason why I generally take a liking to men from the Northeast because they can deal with the, the, with the perceived aggression because women from that area have the same energy. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay. But in the South, why are you so mean? Like, if you don't shut up and say mm-hmm. what you got to say, like, have I, did I bite you? Are you bleeding? No, yeah. you're fine. So keep it pushing. Like, say what you got to say. You're being ridiculous. Do you think that it's like that in New York because a lot of people from that area seem to be from, you know, that live in New York? I do think it's part of it, but I think naturally just New York because it's just been always such a populated place. You got to speak up to get what the hell you want in that place. You have to. Like, there's just certain things you just, you can't sit around and wait all the time. Like, you go to the bodega and someone's at the counter asking a million questions. Or if you have your juice and your chips and you know exactly how much it costs, you go to the front of the line and you put that money on the counter and you go about your business. What am I going to wait in line for when I don't need change and I know how much this costs? That's the stupidest thing on the planet. New York is just, like, that whole area is just a place where you just have to be aggressive to get things done. You have to be a little more pushy. Because it's, it's just always been somewhere that's just so overpopulated. So you just, you can't, that's why, that's, like, it's not for the weak. It's not for the meek. You just have to, you have to be a little more straightforward to get things done there. So that's why I think even people who aren't from the Caribbean, people who are just native to that, to that, to that region, that's why we're all like that. It's the only way that you're ever going to get anything done. Interesting. Dude. So I take it, well, let's see. So is 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 getting into bed with your outside clothes on a deal breaker? It's not a deal breaker, but it's immediately we have to be it has to be discussed. But if you continue to feel like that's okay, then yes, it's a deal breaker. <laughs> but if I see you do it, we have to talk about it immediately because this is not going to continue. And then if you yeah. That has to be discussed. Like that. Oh mm, my gosh, it's gross. That is great. So you ain't never like just came home and just crashed. No, on the floor. <laughs> Look, when I tell you, my parents used to find me all the time on my bedroom floor after soccer practice in high school, and they would just—I mean, they would be like, "Get up, you're being lazy. Go bathe." But they'd be like, "I knew you knew that ass wasn't gonna get in that bed though." <laughs> They would praise me for not getting my dirty ass in the bed, but then they chastised me for being lazy and not mm-hmm. taking a bath. That is crazy. Get up because you're being lazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, I can't say. I think you know. I think these cultural differences are are 
to me or can be a plus if done the right way if, if both people are open minded because you you know it can bring a new light to you like like i'm somebody who don't like i don't like to wear i got i got like a pair of like wangles i got i got a couple of things that I, I will wear like outside and to run errands in like my joggers like i got joggers that i wear only to sleep in or to be around in the house in i got joggers that i, I throw this on to go anywhere in and sometimes it's the same one. I just grab it and just go. That's my that's my you know to go clothes. If I'm going to the store real quick, let me go. I'll take off the joggers I got on now, and then I'll put on the ones that I, I wear outside. Um, I guess that's kind of I guess that's kind of like an out yeah outside thing. And I don't like to wear. I got a pair of flip flops that I'll wear like outside to go to the mailbox or something like that. But I got a pair that I only wear in the house and I don't take them outside. Like, Look, when I tell you, I, because I have ballet trash in my complex, mm-hmm. and I was not thinking one night, and I, my house shoes, I stepped outside of my apartment to put my trash outside. Those were no longer my house shoes. Mm-hmm. I know that. All, all it takes is one time? The one time. Interesting. My ears itching. Oh, man. Must be the pollen. But yeah, I, I, I'm kind of like that sometimes too. Like I do have stuff that I don't want to wear anywhere else. But but like I said, I think these I think these differences are are what makes us unique. Like I would like to learn like another language. Like if you spoke another language, I would try to learn it. I would try to try your food. I'd try to do some of the things that you do, and I in return thinking that you would be open to doing the same thing for me. But like just out of I'm a curious person, so it's I think it's easier for me because I am curious. But people who are we're not as curious. They might not see it that same way. Yo, my ear is itching. Hold on one second. I got to grab yeah. my little thingy. Oh. All right. I am back. I am back. Okay. Was I, was I going or was you going? Uh, I think you, was you were going. going. You were talking about your... No, you were talking about your natural curiosity and you like to... Eat their food, learn their language. Oh yeah, but I'm just curious. Like, so I will try to try to understand and try to do some things, you know, because you can always take away some things from from somebody else. You know, you might not have to totally adopt everything, but there may be some things you can take away. Like, I think like the whole you know clothes thing. I think that can be something that somebody can take away, or or using this seasoning and stuff like that. Just little things, little things. And it's like. It's not that I'm not curious and I don't want to learn. I love trying new foods. If I can learn new language, 100% I would. But again, so one, you do have to find someone who's willing to make those compromises. And you also, there's there's a certain level of comfort I have in not having to explain certain things, though, that I really appreciate. Or like, And one thing that really that really gets to me and um there was an i think it's been known for a long time but there was recently an article about it uh on apple news and i haven't read it and i also meant to send it to you but about serena williams and her giving birth experience and how it was almost fatal for her and this idea that uh, have you been watching this season of Atlanta? 
uh, I have. I think I'm on the part where all the white people are uh, getting hit up by the black people because they owe them money. Yes. <laughs> that shit is crazy. So, did you get to the part where the, he's at the hotel and the guy is essentially telling him that you can buy whiteness, like you can get enough money to be white? Yeah, I think that might have been on the episode before. No, that was on the episode where the white people, because he's like, he tries to get away from the woman who's trying to hit him up for money. So he goes to a hotel and he's in the lobby and the guy in the lobby is like, oh, I think that you're here for the same reason I'm here. And he starts talking about like, it's just all about money and you can buy whiteness. Or you know what, maybe it was good. At some place in this season that's discussed. And I'm just like, I don't think, it's just, it's not true. Because then that also means that means that every person that you come into contact with has to be aware that you're wealthy or that you have money. And that's just not how it works. But people can notice that you're black. And that's what, and I'm pretty sure that's what people noticed when Serena Williams is giving birth. And it's Serena Williams. She has money and she's well known, but that didn't stop her from almost, you know, from having a near fatal experience in childbirth. And, you know, the United States has one of, if not the highest um, mortality rate for mothers in a developed country. And that number is inflated for black women. And so it's like, as much as nice as it is, as it is to not have to explain certain things to my partner. I also think about like, what if I marry this person and something goes wrong and I'm in the hospital and this person has to advocate for me and they have to advocate for me harder because I'm a black woman, but they don't know what that's like. And that was actually something that I went through with a very close friend of mine. Um, She was in the hospital. She was not able to make her own decisions. So her husband who was white had to be her advocate. I had to tell him very seriously. I said, look, this is not you asking for something as a white man. This is not you asking for something for your mother who is a white woman. No one is going to believe you because you're white. They are going to think that she is faking because she is a black woman. It is widely known in medical fields that people think that black people have a higher tolerance for pain, that black people will lie about their pain to get pain meds, things of that nature. You have to be her advocate. You have to be relentless for her because I, if, if something would have happened to her and it's because he did not want to speak up, I would have never forgave him. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is something that you got into marrying a black woman. It wasn't all about you just get to come to the barbecue and you get to eat food with seasoning now. That's not all this is about. <laughs> this is right not about you. doing the electric slide. This it's it's not about good mac and cheese. Like this is real shit, and hey, I really think about that. Can I can I pause you real quick? Yeah. The stuff they do to macaroni cheese and potato salad is disrespectful, man. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> look, look. I'll say this: my sister does not like to bake macaroni and cheese, but the macaroni and cheese she doesn't. But the macaroni and cheese we found to do instead still beats whatever the hell they be having going on. They be having raisins 
and carrots and peas Nuts. and any old type of cheese, just Velveeta. No, you all have lost your damn mind. <laughs> you damn <laughs> And I also feel like there is a subset of people on TikTok who purposely make shitty food for views. And so not only is it disgusting to look at and to think that there's a possibility that there is someone on this planet who would eat this, but being wasteful for food for clout is doubly disgusting. I agree. I think people do that for sure. Like the one I th- there was one woman, I thought she was in jail at first with what she was making because she was making it in a Doritos bag. I was like, Oh, this bitch on D on D block. What she know about and then I thought I was like, Oh no, that ain't no jail shit. Cause she put eggs in it. I was like, What? That I ain't that no, no nobody in jail put Doritos in eggs eggs and Doritos. No, you lying. That you you just want clout. You not in jail. You just a Karen with no damn thing. Did you see the oh, one where, so, <laughs> where she was using the plain potato chips to, to make instant potatoes? <laughs> a mess. These, and that's why you can't convince me that these people are the superior race. <laughs> you cannot. You cannot. That is you crazy. all had a 400 year head start. You trying to tell me your dumb asses can't peel potatoes? They haven't mashed mashed potatoes. You have lost your mind. Oh, man. That is crazy. That is crazy. The one who found ramen and she thought she was hooking it up and she was like, oh, you can put the you can put the seasoning packets in after. I was like, girl, we be cutting up scallions, mushrooms, eggs. <laughs> be putting extra meat in there you ain't doing nothing that is <laughs> great extra I, didn't seasoning I didn't know I didn't know that's how they do Mm-mm. it that is crazy well you know um Jen uh <laughs> 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 that's crazy I don't know why I like doing his voice. I, you know, you know, I can do a lot of voices. I did not know that. I could do. Who? You ever seen? Um, you ever seen Norbit? I have not. Are you kidding me? I'm taking your car right now. You got? I'm taking that. I'm taking it. You can't. Go ahead. Go ahead. Have you? Have you seen? I mean, you you really haven't seen Norbit. I haven't. I'm about to look up where it's streaming right now so I can get my card back by next episode. <laughs> I think Norbit is on HBO right now where you can watch it. You should be able to stream okay. it. But I'll wait till you watch it and then I'll do it. But uh Okay. Have have you ever seen um I know you've seen Coming to America. Oh, of course. I could do I could do a lot of those voices on there, man. I could do a lot of them. So let me tell you, I was watching Coming to America the other day. Me too. <laughs> I had seen a, a question on Twitter, if your pets know that they're black. And I was like, I don't think my pets know that they're black. Because one, my cat <laughs> has been losing his mind and he's been on the kitchen counter. I was like, this is a black household. We don't do that around here. That is great. But then my dog was barking at Coming to America. When I was watching it, I was like, uh-uh, you about to get your whole ass up out of my house. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. Your, cat, your dog is named Kyle. 
<laughs> that is I crazy. I could not believe it. I was like, no, you gotta go. That How could you crazy. not like coming to America? You you can't you cannot not like that movie. You just can't. It's it's impossible. Like that's a that's a funny movie. I don't care what nobody say. Like even if it don't make sense. Like the fact that Eddie Murphy played all those parts. Arsenio Hall played a couple multiple parts too. Like it's just it, you, that's just pure genius. Like it's crazy. But that 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 that's one of my movies. But how do we get there doing the voices? Yeah, I forgot how we I forgot and how we got there though. Damn, Norbit is not on HBO Max. It's not on Netflix. It's on. It's not. I just watched it. Are you? Or am I spelling it wrong? Oh, N O R B I T. Yeah. You got HBO Max. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Oh Lord, it should be on there. Like I literally just watched it. Maybe. Maybe last month. You know things be exposed. True. It'd be a new month and they have turnaround. But it's on uh, it's on Amazon Prime. I'll buy it on Amazon Prime okay. this time. But yeah. Um what was I about to say? How how do we get to doing the voices though? I don't know. I don't know what I finished saying and then you just started doing the Nathan voice again. Oh yeah, I was telling you that I like doing voices. I like doing voices. But I do I know even though the album ain't out yet, we do got to touch on Kendrick before it gets too late. Cause the boogeyman is coming. Y'all been tugging on his uh, you know, on his chain, poking the bear this whole time. It's time for him to come out and unleash on y'all. Like, what are y'all gonna do when 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 he comes? But I don't know if you know, but you know he got that website, Oklahoma, Okay Llama. I've been calling it Okay Llama, but it might be Oklahoma dot com. Um, I sent you a picture, but you know he might be having a double disc album. I saw that the other day, and I was like, "What?" Like, man, because I think that people usually do double disc when they're in an album deal where they still owe like another album, so they can release two albums at once as one single project, but it counts as two albums to get out of the deal. And he's still gonna be on top dog, but he's just doing his own thing, like how Drake is under Drake got OVO under Cash Money. I mean, under Young Money, which is under Cash Money, which is under Universal. You know, so I think it'll be a thing like this. He's still gonna be a part of that, but I think he may be trying to finish up his deal with them to to get it. So he can get out and have his um, creative control that he wants. Like, not saying that he don't have it because he does, but to be able to do what he wants to do on his own thing. Yeah. But I am excited about this, like, just because I feel like I don't know what to expect, but I do know. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Untitled Unmastered by him, the album. It was like an album that he put out that had uh, like a lot of songs that didn't make to Pimp a Butterfly. I feel like a lot of those songs were kind of like the uh, the 70s, 80s type. I say 70s bop to it. I think that's what we might be getting with the morale and the big steppers. Because, you know, back then it was like the Temptations, the High Notes, you know, the Shy Lights, you know, like the Supremes. You know, everybody had a name. Or like Gladys Knight yeah. and the Pips. Like everybody had a name. So I feel like we may be getting like music that has a lot of that in it. But somebody said it might be rock influence. But rock and roll ain't what people think rock and roll is. Rock and roll is more like what, you know, Motown rock and roll was. So I think that still would be in that same vein. This is it. And you see, like when it comes to something that I've 
been anticipating. Sometimes I try and stay away from like the predictions and the hype because I don't want anything. I don't want to get my hopes up. It'll, I mean, it's Kendrick. Yeah. I mean, it's Kendrick, so I feel like it's going to be good either way, but I don't want to sit here and think about like, oh, you know, like being excited, like, oh, what would what would Kendrick do with a rock inspired album that like I don't I can't I don't want to set myself up yeah I didn't, I didn't want to set myself up so I try not to watch like certain things or you know stay off Twitter until until I get down because I don't want to be influenced I want to be able to listen to it from track one to track track uh, whatever we're going to get I did want to do that um, but I am excited I'm, I'm glad that he finally like put out that he was actually coming he released he, I, like, I like how he's rolling this out I am I am kind of waiting for him to release a song. Somebody said we might get the heart part five. Cause you know there's four parts. I don't know if you've ever heard all of them, but like every last one of them, he goes off. And I have you ever heard all of them? I think I've heard all of them. Cause like I didn't hear the I, was, I, I heard part two first and then I heard part four and I was like okay so how did we get two where where did three come from and you know so now I had to go back and find it but I finally I think I just discovered three recently at least I don't remember hearing that and he went off I can definitely confirm that I what I have heard it was definitely out of order mm-hmm. so like you said I definitely didn't hear it in sequential order. But I don't think I've heard all four. And I don't even think that even if, no matter how you listen to him, like I don't think I guess there is a little thing because you can kind of see his growth with it. But they're they're not they have nothing to do with each other. Like you know, it ain't like part one of you know type thing. It's just yeah. I think it's just like his thing, like how Drake got the uh, nine a.m. in Toronto or six p.m. in Dallas. So you know the whole time location thing. Yeah. I think it's one of those, but they say who they say we were supposed we may be getting one. But I, I want to say in the song he said we I might I might uh, write the heart part five or something like that. I don't know where I heard that from. Okay, but I'm gonna have to. And your boy Drake's a menace. What he do? You didn't see follow that man's wife and blew her whole life up. Follow Kendrick's wife. No, some guy who was talking about his son on Twitter, I think, or Instagram. I don't know. No, I think it was Instagram. Some random guy talked about his son, and then he went and followed and DM'd this man's wife. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't hear about that. It's wild. Like, he's a real-life supervillain. Like, he hit the wife up and was like, I know you need some... Ex- or no, he was like... I think he's like, no, you need some excitement in your life. I'm here for you, Ma. That is crazy. <laughs> he can't say that to someone's wife. Yeah, he got, we got to swing up. We got to swing then. When did this happen? This week. Yeah, man, my head been in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But I didn't, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. I do think, speaking of Drake, Cause you know they, uh, I think him and Jack Harlow got a song. And you know Pusha T came out what last week. Have you heard Pusha T's yeah. album? First of all, I have. What you think about it? I don't think it's Pusha T's best work, but it's Pusha T. Like I still, I'm still very happy for it. There were some people. There was someone who was said like it was forgettable. No, it's not. It's not like, forgettable. 
No, I like, think that people are trying to clout chase and try and be, try and make egregious comments for attention. I know it's it's a good album. I just don't think it's his best work, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't think his his is his best work, but what I will say is that. I feel like I think I know why you feel like it might not be his best work. It's the production, isn't it? That might be it. And you know, because there's a part of me where it's like when albums will come out and when people will talk about the production, I just don't know if I'm not that steeped in that mindset or like that ear. My ear isn't fine-tuned to production like that where I'm like, what's wrong with the production? And I feel like as time has gone on, I've tried, I've like read people, like reputable people, like people who I know who know about production engineering and what they say about production of albums. And so I'm starting to get to a point where I think I can recognize if I feel some type of way about the production. And I think you're right. I think that's what it was. Cause that's what initially got me. Cause like, first of all, we're going to get back to Kendrick too. But first of all, when it come on that Brambleton song, Ooh, like I was like, okay, this is what we getting. Oh yeah, we about to be, we about to be through there. And then the one, uh, some, let the smokers um, shine the coops. It was a little weird. You know, it was a little weird at first, but then I was like, okay, I kind of like it. And then you could tell Kanye was like, you know, the drums got a little heavier, like the like it's like the second verse. Like it was different, but like the beats were just yeah. different. And then like some of the beats they could have, they kind of, they could have done more with it. But you can tell, you could what you what I like most about it was that you can tell Pharrell's beats, and you can tell Kanye West beats. And I think Pharrell had the better beats on the album. But I think I think mm. that's why people uh, like Brambleton is his. I think Brambleton is his. I think they went like Pharrell, Kanye, Pharrell, Kanye. They do got a song that they worked on together though. I'm trying to think of which one that was. It's somewhere in the middle, but uh, but I, I said that because Drake uh said he has, I guess he got a line there about Pusha T, in his song with Jack or Jack. He's in a song that he has with Jack Harlow. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of. I wonder. I, I just wonder if Kendrick's going to take a shot at Drake because I think Drake has been taking shots. They've been taking shots at each other for a while. I don't think people have always known that, but they've been taking shots at people each other for a while. You know the history of every single rap beat, man. <laughs> ever. Like if it got something to do with like Kendrick or Cole, like I'm there. But just listening to like the songs, like you can tell, like um, it's this song Jeezy got called uh. I want to say it says something, 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 something right now. It's called Illin'. And uh, Push says, uh, hold, don't pass the crown too soon unless you got a crown for every every um, every spirit in the, in the room. room. Yeah, for every ghost yeah. in the room. Yeah, we talked about that. Because there's a yeah, lot of uh, spirits on these ghost written tunes or whatever. Like, just, just like little things. People might have overlooked it, like something like that. But I was like, ooh. You know, like on on Daytona, he said he said uh, he said it's written. He said it's written like Nas. He said it sounds like Nas, but it was written by Quentin. You know, just like little things. If you don't know, you won't know. But then when you hear, you're like, "What is he talking about?" So I think that I think Kendrick gonna have some things like that in there. But I also think that something's coming. I think Drake's watching Kendrick's role. I think he's watching to see what he does. Like, like I really do. I just, 
I don't know. There's, I'm, I'm no longer to a point where I look for Drake to be in good lyrical content rap beef. Like, if, if Kendrick was to say something, I would not be clamoring for Drake's response. Like, that was, that I think died for me with the Meek Mill. At this point, I'm looking for Drake to be an evil villain on IG because he is an IG honey. Like, He's I feel an like IG that's honey? <laughs> yes. Like, I just, I'm no longer looking for Drake to be like a lyrical powerhouse and to go toe to toe with a Pusher T, with a Kendrick. I'm not looking for that anymore. Like, post someone's bitch on your story, blow their life up and move forward <laughs> don't rap about the shit please. please yeah and like i'm not really looking for a drake but i just i just like hearing kendrick tear people a fucking part like like when you hear i'm gonna send you i might i'm a matter of fact i might play all of the heart part fours on here i mean not part part fours, but all the heart parts you got all four of them but it's like 18 minutes mm-hmm. it's like 18 minutes okay. so i might not do it but i might play one where he was just kind of just like going off, but maybe not. Just just because it's Kendrick, Kendrick, uh, Kendrick time. But I don't know. But I, I am excited about Kendrick's album. I love Pusha T's album. There are some songs I revisit more than others, but I don't think that it's his best work, like you said. Um, I think Daytona might be his best work so far. Ooh, agreed. Daytona was good. Um. What's the one before that? I think was it Retribution? Retribution was pretty good. My name is my name was pretty good. But I think that was his best one. But I think Pusha T's lyrics was there. It's, I think just some of the beats weren't the greatest. And it's more so from Kanye West side than it was for Pharrell beats, I think for the most part, except for maybe one, was uh was good. Mm. I, now I have to go back and listen and see if I can decipher these production. You can tell. Okay. You can tell. Um, like I, I don't think I would have ever put a song like Brambleton and put not Pusha T's but Pharrell's Wheelhouse. But when you listen to it, like just how melodic it is, that's him. Like Kanye's like okay. sample heavy, but it's like more like. You know, it's like more, it's more choppy, but you can definitely tell. But I, who, who, who had the, who I think had the standout verse on the album was Malice. Malice, Malice. Short what was that? Ass. The last song, right? Yeah. Malice showed his ass, and I was like, okay. He's still not. I don't think he's the better out of the two. Some people saying Malice was was the best and always been the best, but I think Push was the best. Push mm-hmm. got Push. Push was the best to me. But Malice did have like a standout voice. I like what he said. Uh, he said, "He said I greet you with the grace of God that don't make us friends." I still might whisper in his ear, "Bury all them." But he said, "Some." He said, "I gotta watch you run, my brother. I know they pretend." I greet you with the grace of God that don't make us friends. But yeah, he was he was kind of going off. But when he okay. said, I, "I felt that," when he said, "I felt," I was like, "Ooh." 
But I think I think he I think on that on that verse it was just kind of like showing how he dibbles and dabbles with walking the the religious path and then you know walking the path that he used to have like you know sometimes he still get that he kind of like kind of reminded me of Ghost like you're trying to do the right thing but then something keep pulling you back type of thing or he thinks about it at least. What's this? Hello? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Just making sure you was here. But uh but yeah. It's been it's been a great it's been a great month for me. I know they got some other stuff coming out, but I'm definitely excited about the Kendrick and I had to talk to you about the Push It T album for sure. Now that we don't have some time to digest that too. Yes. The next thing I have to get through is the future album. I'm not listening to it. Really? I'm not the biggest Future fan. I like March Madness. I like Monster. I like Radical. I like I'm Going to the Moon. I'm Going to the Moon. That's my song right there. Um, and that's about <laughs> it. That's about it. I, I, I've seen some people say that they weren't. <laughs> I saw some people say they weren't going to listen to it because they don't see growth in Future. And then I saw some people say they did listen to it and they don't see growth in Future. And I don't believe it. I don't, I, even from like his, even from like actual studio albums from Future, but there was, I think that one, there's a set of people who know a different Future because we were in Atlanta when Future you know, was getting started. So we heard like mixtape future in oh, yeah. figure eight and, and things of that nature. Mm. But even like, but even, even his actual studio albums, like honest or monster or beast mode from, you know, almost 10 years ago. I do think that there's been, I don't think that he sounds the same. I, I think that there has been growth. I think that it's not. Yeah, I just don't think it's the same. I don't. I think there's been growth, and I think that there's noticeable growth. But some people don't feel that way, and they say that that's why they won't listen to Future. And I'm like, I mean, okay, that's fine. But I just, I, I will give credit where credit is due, and I do think that Future has grown and evolved in his, in his music. Do we? Do we? Do we do we have to expect growth from our artists? Like, why can't we just let them do what they do? Because I heard that same thing from from people about Pusha T. They say it's the same thing, but like that's what we love from Push. Like, why not? We never tell R and B singers stop stop being in love or stop being hurt. Like, that's kind of what it is. That's what we like from them, right? That's true. I and I do think that we discussed this once before because if it's like this is your music this is your art and if this is what you want to present why should we expect something different so I get it and then sometimes I mean again there's some people's growth who I don't like because I don't like that Drake evolved from so far gone to an IG honey I, mm. I hate it <laughs> I don't mm. like it like give me <laughs> Give me, uh, like, no, like, why could I never think of the name of the song where he's rapping over, uh, Ignorant the shit. beat from 808. Oh, no, the beat say you from will. 808. 
Yes, but give me Say You Will Drake back, please. Like, yeah. I want that. Even though people gave him shit because he was freestyling off the, well, he wasn't really freestyling because the rap was written on a Blackberry. I would take that over what the fuck he's doing now, honestly. But. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I guess it's really not for us to say it. It's not for us to expect growth. They, they're going to give us what they're going to give us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I will say, I guess I guess when, if you start out that way doing stuff different, like Kendrick, like Kendrick's album's always been different. So I kind of like I ain't gonna say I expect, but I always know he gonna come with something that it ain't gonna be like the same. But even if he just went on there and just just went like miracle lyrical, like I think I'd be happy with that. It just has to be good. I'm. I'm excited for this. I really am. I think we've waited for a long time. Too damn long. And I don't I feel like I feel like for Kendrick I feel like he's someone who he's just so good. I feel like his growth will be good either way. And even if it's even if it's something that I don't warm up to in the beginning, I feel that I'll eventually come around to it. Because I know that Yeezus and Kanye West, I turned it off. <laughs> like it's cool. You didn't like Yeezus? When I when whatever the hell happens on that first song, it's like a loud guitar, metallic don't guitar. I was like, mm, no. But now... I'm like, mm, I was wrong. I appreciate this growth. And then, you know, I took my break from him. I listened to Donda. What? I, like, oh, I didn't tell you that yet. I, listened to Donda. I know you told me you was going to do it, but that was like two months ago. Yeah, I, I I listened to Donda. And I was just like, the man can't miss. So, and I think mm-hmm. Kendrick, at least for me, is in that same realm to where I don't think he can miss. Like, I've always loved what I hear from Kendrick right off the bat, but if I don't, I have faith that eventually I'll come around to it because he's just a good art. He's a good artist and he's a good lyricist. Because again, every every rapper is not a lyricist, but Kendrick definitely is. True, man. Like, oh, Kendrick's special, man. Like, I don't know. I go back and forth between who's the best between him and him and Cole. But, oh, I was going to say, this is what I want to tell you, that I do think now that Kendrick is on about to be on his own or doing his own thing, I do think we might get a verse from J. Cole on this new album or a song or something. I can see that happening. Because they're, uh, they're both on a tear right now. Okay. You've seen where with the spec you see now, my hopes is getting up. I can't do. I this. probably shouldn't even told you. I just want to give you something <laughs> speculative. But I was like, man, if, if but if we can, because they um they was supposed to do an album a long time ago, but they never did do it. But they did that one song, but they never did anything else. But they should have done it. But I do know that they respect each other, and I heard you know like on one of the heart. I think it's on heart part one or heart part three. Um, he 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 kind of say that. He kind of say that. He, you could tell that he he mentions him. That's one somebody he mentioned. 
you know, like by name, like and giving them props. I've never really seen him do that before. So I could I could see that happening, but I do feel like that's what we about to get. I think they've been they've been quiet about it, but I can see it happening. But I'm glad you oh, listened God. to Donda, man. I did. Like, like he, he, like Don, Donda was really good, man. Don, I will say that Donda was really good, really, really good. I think that might have been, it might have been, it's either one or one A with album of the year for me with with, with Cole. I think that's a fair assessment. Like I think. I think just because Donda's more, it has more songs. But some of the songs, it was like part one, part two. So I don't know if I can count it. But the stuff he was saying on there just kind of, you know, it kind of went. Kind of went. What else we got on the docket? Because it's getting kind of, it's almost 11. So you got to go to bed too, huh? Yeah. (laughs) 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 I'm thinking like, even though I don't have to go into the office tomorrow, I have monthly reporting to get done that's never fun it's all right we'll um we'll pick up because i know we got two more things that you had uh jotted down that we can get to and i um i got some other things especially since you um the the whole childbirth methods i think there's some things we got to talk about so this was some current events so we'll get we'll, yeah. we'll get to the next part next part um all right what what is your song of the week? So of course, rock and roll. Like it was heartbreaking to see Cuddy saying, oh, "You know, this was yeah. recorded a long time ago. You will not see me on a song with Kanye West again." It was very it's bittersweet to see that, but at least we got something, and it is it is production issues aside it is a song that I very much enjoyed so yes that is crazy. That might be the song I think they both did together but I'm gonna have to go back and look and see but, uh, but yeah I hate seeing it cause I love Kid Cudi man and I, I like when they work together Kid Cudi got a magical voice to me but it wasn't what I expected from Cudi also either like that's what I was looking for like I was like dang like you can barely hear him you can you know it was just weird it was just weird I think I think one of my songs is gonna have to be one of the hearts. I might I'm, I just might play them all. Just let them uh, rock. Okay. Kendrick's come. I, I just have to just so people can know what we talking. Like kind of just get people in the mood for for Kendrick. Like to make way because next week is next week. They ain't got no single. You are making <laughs> so you done got my hopes up about <laughs> a cold feature. You gonna get these people hopes up by playing the heart. If this project does not have a covert and is not fire, we're coming for you. I'm oh, telling you man. right now. I really, I really hope that they do. If they don't, I can see it not happening because it ha- hasn't happened. But I do know that they are good friends and they, they, they actually admire each other's work. Like they really respect each other. Like them, like they, you know, like when it comes to it, they, they the ones and twos or the one and one a, and then it's everybody else. So I'm, I think I'm gonna end up having to play one of those. I said I was every every week I have a different song and it keep getting pushed back. I had a I had a, a older song I wanted to play too, but I'll get back to it. I'll get to it next time. But anyway, I'm gonna let you uh call it a night and you know, finish watching your dog uh do
do WrestleMania tricks inside the pen. She's asleep now, and so I think like I don't think so. I have to take her out to go to the bathroom again, so she just has to go in her crate, and I think it will be good. Ain't no wrong with that. The baby is still asleep, so I'm happy to hear that. But she she probably gonna is she, a little bit. Oh, is is she sleeping through the night now? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Like sometimes she'll wake up like maybe three o'clock to eat. Okay. Or sometimes she'll sleep all the way through. Sometimes she won't want to wake up at all, and then she'll eat like like six seven o'clock in the morning or whatever. But she sleeps for the most part. She sleeps, but I think she can tell. I think she, I think I'm still, I think we're still figuring out what she likes. I don't think she likes laying on her back all the time though, because that's the only way they really let you lay a baby these days. Mm-hmm. So, but she sleeps good, like on her stomach. Like if you're holding her or something like that, she loves it, and she won't get Aww. up. But if you like laying on her back or whatever, like I think she's just probably just tired of it, and she wakes up. And she do like her side too. Sometimes she'll maneuver herself to the side, but. She Aww. she's starting to get there. She's a big girl now. She's five months actually now too. Oh my god! Like it happened overnight. Like she she just turned five months last week. But she but she was born early, so she's still kind of behind. Like as where like you know like what she might be sleeping by herself or holding a bottle type thing. You know, so she she, she got it. Behind. Like especially like in her weight and stuff like that. But they said she caught up. But we got another appointment coming up soon, so we're gonna see. What percentiles and what new things we can do Because she might be able to start doing like You know purees and stuff soon We didn't start it at the last one But we, we said we might wait till she about like six months to do mm, You gotta feed her them carrots like Lawrence Oh yeah I'm, uh, I'm gonna make sure I cook them <laughs> carrots up real good And like right now we've been kind of like Letting her taste like little Like little juice from fruit and stuff like that Like an orange She, what, she loves oranges for whatever reason Like she'll if she had teeth, I could see her like chomping straight through it. Like give her a little, you know, just let her taste it and stuff like that. But, you know, you gotta be, you know, just gotta roll it out slowly. You know. But she, she's getting there though. But I'm glad she is asleep though. But she's definitely gonna wake up and then I'm about to put her back to sleep and then she'll probably sleep all night. Okay, good. But we'll see. Yep, I'm gonna let you get to it. Um, it was nice doing this pod. We have to do it again soon. We, we hopefully we don't have to have a long break again. <laughs> right. I think life be happening though. I don't think that's just what it, it really is. does. But I know people appreciate it though when we do pod. We appreciate their patience. Yeah. So with that being said. Good night and the boogeyman Kendrick Cole. I mean Kendrick Lamar is coming. <laughs> He's coming. We're gonna get that cold verse, man. We are getting that cold verse. I don't know what I'm gonna do if we don't get it, but if we get it, man, y'all gonna owe me big time. I, I want I wanna be called I don't know what I wanna be called yet, but I'm gonna be called something. Okay, if we don't get it, just know I'm gonna come flying out 85 to your uh, apartment. Oh, you're like, what was said? Like, what, what, what my verse said? You must got a different right. version than I got, huh? I've been on blended some songs together before, you know? Like, yeah, look at this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. See how that go. But it's gonna be interesting, though. For sure. But good night. You enjoy. I'm gonna catch you next time. All right, good night. Credit card, you got it. <laughs> you know where that came from? 
And per usual, guys, I don't own the rights to any of the songs you're hearing today, especially this one, because I really don't want to get taken down. But uh, this is uh, Pusha T, Kid Cudi, Kanye West, Rock and Roll. Hope I don't get taken down. I'm just a fan of the music. This is this is allegedly supposed to be Kid Cudi's and Kanye West last time they put a song together. So hope you guys enjoy. This was Rock and Roll by Kanye West, Pusha T, Kid Cudi, off of Pusha T's latest album, It's Almost Dry. So enjoy it, guys. Gonna fade it on out just a little bit. And we're gonna get to my song. So now we're gonna get to it. If it'll play. Oh, I know why it's not playing. Duh. <laughs> Turn the volume all the way down. I'm trying to fade it out. I got, I this got, is my I got, song. I got, I got. I just want to say my song. <laughs> I just wanted to give y'all a little tease. All right, y'all. My song is gonna be. The Heart Part 3 I was going to do them all But it's like 18 minutes I don't know I know I can play these And not talk over these for sure I don't think these are uh, Set up that way One, two, one, two, 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 two. But that'll be a long 18 minutes But I don't care cause Next week I'm doing a Kendrick montage And y'all going to have to be ready I have to just bear with me Candyman is coming Headphones up, Ali I don't think a lot of people heard this. When the whole world see you as Pac reincarnated, that's enough pressure to live your whole life sedated. Find the tallest building in Vegas and jump off it. But I can never rewrite history in the coffin. So I'm talking to God, can you wash all these demons off me? This last year been quite similar to a Lear. Control my own destiny, holy rapper that steered. A G5, G's give high fives to me and say, Kendrick, just persevere. The presence of being real. As I lay in this four-corner room staring at candles Thinking how can I make an example For this generation of Compton My biggest fear is not feeling accomplished Or turning back to that same accomplice My past life was a child with a whack rank Trying to smile in a room of killers Turned into a crash site Influenced by niggas that spoke the gang culture fluent Assuring that some blossom early and some truant Thank God for the album I idolize It's dark and plus hell is hot That's the start of this crazy ride Two young niggas, me and Dave inside the garage I thought we was Jay and Dave 
same as the lane that we tried to drive. Truthfully, I just started rapping to get away. I never thought that your favorite rapper would won a verse. My nigga got hit 25 times with a K. Make the decision, ride the beat or ride in the hearse. Now Punch is my mentor, Top Dog is my coach. Jay Rock is my older brother, I was there when he wrote. His name on his record deal, we have figured the coast. We live on a pedestal Hopefully once the shit hit the stove. Found ourselves scrambling, trying to figure it out. So he told me that the record shop about to go in the drought. You ain't got a place to stay, about to sleep on the couch. We eating off each other, trade the dollar menu amount. Meanwhile, the coast. Going hard at each other The younger rappers had wanted some of the OG's comfort But I ain't need it I never screamed at the new West I didn't believe it They broke each other down I was planning out my achievements <laughs> I need to separate myself to stand out <laughs> I need a better way to take your fans now <laughs> I, I need to kill you motherfuckers dead The reality ain't that you're head I'll be damned if they chop a jam now <laughs> And we never ask for no handouts In the midst of it all I recall a call when you said how We can never resolve in the Hall of Fame And I went to trial with a pipe on I play the game as I play blow. Holler back at me, nigga. And if they said that I'm the one, why you asking me, nigga? Cause when the whole world see you as Pac, reincarnated enough pressure to make you just open the book of David and pray to God that you make it or live your life in the matrix. Cause falling off is a sickness. I heard that it's quite contagious. I need to separate myself to stand out. I need a better way to take your fans now. I need to kill you motherfuckers dead. Three hollow tips ain't that your head. I'll be damned if the chopper jam now. And we never ask for no handouts I take you back to that pack of black and mouths in my hand now In the midst of it all was cooking and pots and pans out Looking forward as four was forced to form a new clan now Fast forward as I wait in line for this passport The homies were still poor, we're working the Jansport uh, Whoever thought that Rosenberg could mention me to Drake Even Vanessa from XXL that told him press play And there goes my fate, now I'm on the stage with Snoop Gave me the torch and I ran with it in high pursuit Rap with my forefathers, even wreck it with God got too Lyricist of the year Fuck am I supposed to do? Rock. Laughing at you niggas out there who thought we was flutes. Exaggerated shit, we rapped, had came true. Thought I was yeah, aggravated when Warner had let me loose. This I was on three. they was harder when Mike Jones than we cool. Cause niggas won't outdo us in the booth. Even when my album leak, fans still buy it for proof. I came, I saw, I conquered. No shame, I blame all of this on Compton. Thinking about when Shireen tried to set me up. Cold game, full circle, they set up. Uh, I put my life in these 12 songs, my fight in these 12 songs. The fight to ignite if you're wrong and right that I prolong. The story is a short film, the glory of him and them. The world of your mother still don't recover when babies kill. The trial and the tribulation, the new and miseducation. The view of a body wasted, you knew somebody ain't make it. The angry, the adolescent. The reason I ask this question, will you let hip hop? Die on October 22nd. Will you let hip hop die on October 22nd? This is the hard part. One. A little Compton nigga. Guys enjoy this one too. Compton nigga. One time. Who's going off on this? This came out in what, 2010. Compton nigga. I think. Somewhere around there. Uh, uh. Kendrick Lamar. Uh. Yo. Uh. Back with a vengeance, back with my heart and I'm venting. Back with another war pendant. Salute me and shoot me. I never wore a goofy, ignore my religion. I believe it's one God, it's one love. And I believe if I fly, we are doves. I make a way for my people to see the light. Right in the yellow bones. Real lyricism, guys. One. 
Until I see big poxy running, but this ain't easy. I can't take a big L, my city needs me. I gotta win, the proof is in the pudding. And I've been fucked with Cosby since I was 10. You damn right, any means necessary, get the campaign right. Very emotional, I'm a Gemini. I love hard and I fight harder. A born author, a born starter, and the game for real. And the game's appeal to the struggling youth with no father. You can't learn if mistakes ain't made. You gotta pay how much in order to get paid. You gotta pay attention in order to pay dues, and you ain't getting it till you start paying dues. Lifestyles of the young and the broke with my hand under oath. I recite these quotes. And if I have a lie, then I die where I stand. That's Just a pest, not a man with a coach and a rat. And Masterful lyricism. We played our position. We let y'all play yourself. Y'all made your decision. We pray while we pray on competition. To flip another page of Corinthians. I see stars when I write these sentences. Words crash cars when I write these sentences. Opens your bars for my niggas' life sentences. Free J Dub and kill all witnesses. Y'all better hope 2012 really real. Cause the way y'all feel, I'ma make y'all suffer. And take y'all supper. I haven't ate in the last 22 summers. And I'm 22 now. It's about to go down. So on guard, my God, we got this heart. He represents this at 22. Oh, I'm free. Finally. I can say I'm me. The Kitchen Clamont EP, Class EP, the question concerned. I dropped it and gave the whole world my germs. Hope y'all affected. Hope y'all they had no protection. Still, I'm progressing. Room for improvement. Make room for the crew. Mary to his music. I was at the double XL just trying to excel. Networking. Meanwhile, my stomach turning. Wanted to be a part of it. Catering to my audience. Jake Cole running late. If he don't show up, think I can take his place. Ladies start laughing. No pun intended. I ain't being sarcastic. Homie popped up with about 20 bags. Fresh off the plane. I couldn't even complain. My nigga was on his hustle. I introduced him. My name said I see him on a bubble in the future. My dude, I saw him tripping in the real shit. Talk about it, make the people talk about it, make the world see. My heavy MC that I see trying to stay afloat. Time I build a boat like Noah and take him to a place that I'm sure we all can blow up. Boom, I ain't a star yet, but I'm getting close to him. And if you see a whack artist, do more than boom. Throw him off the banister, shoot him on camera, then kill his manager, then hang a banner up. That reach you can't proceed without being conceived by one album of the 90s. I'm Rosecrans when you find me, and all my niggas is grimy. But I remain the good kid trying to make a difference where I'm from, where you live. Oh no, we got to slow the city down. I told the homeboy pump his brakes. He said that he'd rather put the pump to his face. Sawed off, torture, turn saw off. Scorching, hot where I'm from. The newscasters don't come. Another ratchet got dumped in the trash can. I ain't done. A baby here in there with it. She said postpartum did it. Molested at 11 and she always reminiscing. When he was undressed, and said it'd only be a minute. That's why I think I always kicking someone with some feeling. I should have been a distance. I should have been a blizzard. Cold, flash, pose, flash, pose. A critic paparazzi got me on my toes. I wanna jump on him like a tag, pole, tag, pole, assholes. Trying to kill my dreams, not elevate. Those are not my dreams. I be straight with a little bit of passion. And a drive like an Aston. Motivation from Nipsey or glasses. J Rock, Mike Stroh, bad luck, you and I. Dom Kennedy, merge the face shine. Lady G, will he be in time? I'ma blow like a motherfucker sniffing lines. Go like I never seen a red light shine. Flow to my heart, hit the flow when I'm dying. Heart of a line, tell him get in line and pass the baton. I won't pass it back, I ain't good at dimes. If the bitch bad, I can pass you a dime. Haters better duck like I'm passing the pond. No, I'm the king and I'm passing you pines. Pat on the hill, that's a passion of mine. Promise I shine like two mics under heavy stroke lights. I'ma need two mics just to get my point across. I'ma get my turn across. Country, y'all go want me. That was Kendrick Lamar's The Heart Part 1. 2010 is when that came out. 22 years old. You saw what he became. He was the black sheep Then he t- until he changed into a goat. Like, that's crazy. Like, he was rapping like that at 22. To see what he's doing now, like, it's just, just crazy. I got, I got, I got, I got lawyer. I ain't gonna go too crazy with it, y'all. But that's crazy. That is crazy. Like, Kendrick Lavar, man, like, 
Like who knew Like who knew Like he was always One of my favorites From back then But but who knew Who knew I got one more piece To play for y'all Then I'm gonna let y'all go Talk to him Kendrick this is what we're getting. I'm hyping this up. Jid is gonna be mad that I'm hyping this up, but I'm hyping it up. I am the Omega. PG Lane Rolly Gang SIE. Don't you address me unless it's with four letters. I thought you known better. I've been ducking the pandemic. One day I may rap this whole verse. Hold on, y'all niggas playing with me, man. Y'all playing with him. Tell him, Kendrick. But anyway. I hope y'all had a good night, good evening, good weekend, whatever it is you guys are doing. Remember to be nice to people out there, treat people kind, and stand up for people who can't stand up for themselves. Do something nice for somebody else. Like next time you go to wherever your favorite restaurant is, pay for the person food behind you. See how that makes you feel. Just do, just start doing like little things. Buy somebody breakfast, at least one person. Buy them a coffee. Just do something nice. And see how that changes your day. But anyway, guys, and internets out there, ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. I will see y'all next time. Peace. ASMR. I'm going to start a channel for that too. Bye. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. Hopefully you guys like the ASMR segment that I'm doing here. I want to talk to you guys in your ear. Give you chills and goosebumps. Hopefully you had this up loud at work. Put on my choir storm voice for you guys. For all the ladies out there. (laughs) Anyway, y'all enjoy y'all night.